Kevin Smith here. Jason Muse. Hey, man, can I impose upon you for a favor? I need you to help me move this weekend. Wait, where are you moving to? I'm moving from Smod Castle to the John Lovitz Comedy Club. That's right, bitch. We're talking big theater. We're talking fun. Universal City Walk. Jason Muse, Kevin Smith, Jay, and Silent Bob get old. Come yeah. kick back with us. Hear the show that you've heard for weeks and weeks on Smodcast.com. But here and in a room that's much bigger than the Smodcast room, we can fit more people in there, like 300 mm. people easily. And more importantly, you can eat while it's going on. Eat. You can have food. And more importantly, if you're this kind of person, not you because you're living sober, you can get fucking blitz. They you sell booze there. You can sit there, throw back drinks, and watch us sit there and be silly and literally get old in front of your eyes. We just started a new game. So not only can you go there, maybe get a full belly of booze and some food, you can walk out of there with a smile on your face and a bag of goodies. That's right. You can face Jason Muse as he tries to go back over his lost history, taken away by heroin abuse, and play our new game, Do You Remember More of the 90s Than Jason Muse? Go head-to-head with Muse in a trivia contest where you can win some cool, cool shit. And we're going to do yes. that. It's fun times, Goodies. man. Go up for Hollywood Babylon at 8 o'clock with me and Ralph Garman. Stick around afterwards and watch me and Jason Muse do our podcast. Jay and Silent Bob get old, man. Getting old, baby. It's going to be a good time. And I know right away some people are like, valet parking, man. That's going to kill me. You go to the John Lovitz Comedy Club for either of these shows, you're going to get yourself a $7 deal on parking. Oh, I love it. That's cheap valet parking. In that California, is very, my very seven cheap. bucks. Val- you just pull up, you get out of your car, hand someone the keys, you go right over to the theater. How sweet is that? You kick back and you enjoy the fuck out of yourself. Leave it to me and the little boy here. We'll make you laugh. And if nothing else works, he'll pull his pecker out and show it to you. Yes, the penis. It's a good fucking time. Twenty bucks. You can have some drinks. You can have some food. I know your old lady's always like, "You never take me out. You always listen to them goddamn spotcast podcasts." Well, now take her out to see one of them Smodcast podcasts on a Jay and Silent Bob date. It's Friday night, too, so it's sort of like instead of going out to the club and, you know, maybe getting in trouble, you go come here mm-hmm. to the city walk. Not only you get to drink and you get to flirt, you get to eat, you get to listen Why to some laughs. Why are they flirting with their girlfriend right there? Flirting with their girlfriend? Well, none. You know, people go out go out on a Friday night. They want to drink some beers, have some fun, maybe True. flirt, hang out. So the ones that up. are single are flirting. Yeah, the single yeah, ones. Don't alienate right? our fucking married base by oh, being no, like, no, come no. to the club and cheat on each well, other. No, no. It's a good place for a date. A <laughs> Friday is. night date. You don't want to bring a, a date out to a club where there's... <laughs> no, because some other fucker's going to mack on your lady and yes. take her. Take her away from you, man. You don't want that. You come up here. We're not going to take your lady. She's never going to sit there, look at us, and be like... Like, I'm going to leave with them, the fat one and the little one. She's going to stay with you, man. The and old you're gonna, ones. Yes. She's going to no. be like, why would I want to have sex with a 40-year-old man with saggy balls and tits? <laughs> Never in a million years. I love you. And she's going to love you more. You're going to get blown that night. And she's going to be like, we got to do that every night. And that's going to become your Friday night thing. Friday. Your Friday night at City Walk. Like, you'll talk to your friends. You're like, oh, well, we go out. We go see Hollywood Babylon at 8. And we go see Jay and Silent Bob get old every uh, 10 o'clock every Friday up at Universal City Walk. That's our stories. It's amazing. Yes. Just like my grandmother had her stories. This could be your stories, man. Watch us get old. Get old with us and hear all about our misadventures and we will do anything to fucking make you laugh and have a good time. So come on up. Almost anything. Anything. Almost anything. Shy of sucking cock. If you were just like, look, I'm on the verge of laughing, but if you just play a little just the tip with your mouth and my dick, that's where I'm like, look, sir. We're just professional comedians. And we're not even professional comedians. We just like yeah. to try to make people laugh. I'm not a whore. I'm we're not going to put your stories. dick in my mouth. Yeah, yeah. We're just telling stories about us yeah. getting old, getting new, meeting 
having sex, mm -hmm. being married, mm -hmm. fighting drugs, fighting, fighting the drugs. weight, fighting yes. age. You meet some girl, you're trying to impress her, you go up there, you hang out, you make her laugh. She's like, oh my gosh, I had such a good time. Yeah, like, how do you know these guys? Because, you know, you can come up to us afterwards and be like, hey man, hey Kay, hey Kev, yeah. hey Jay. And we're like, hey man, what's up? Exactly. And we'll make it look like you know us. And that chick's going to be like, how the fuck do yeah. you know those two has-beens? Exactly. And one of them mowed my lawn. Exactly. And they also do the show that I like to take you to every week. It's all win. You're going to have a good time. You're going to get kissed, maybe even laid. You're going to have some food. You're going to have some drinks. Come see us. 8 o'clock, Hollywood Babylon. 10 o'clock, Jay and Silent Bob get old. Only at the John Lovitz Comedy Club up at Universal City Walk this Friday and every Friday. Snooch to the nooch. Oh, fuck, man. What's wrong, Matt? Oh, Brando, my fucking TV is broken again. Oh, Arr. God damn it. Damn this technology. It never works, man. Every time I want to watch my favorite program, the TV shuts off on me. Or like my satellite doesn't work or I get a... Those or, bastards. Or uh, I get electrocuted or something. Like it's just too dangerous to watch television. I think you need to go back. Go to back to roots. where? To your roots, man. To my roots? Like on the computer? Let me try. Ugh. But look, my computer screen's all dirty and I don't want to clean it. Oh, technology is boring me. And I got nothing to do with my day, Brendo. Perhaps you could read something. Like a book. Books are for nerds and virgins. There are things that are better than books. Like what? Like, super books? Like super books that are comic books. A comic book? Explain yeah. the concept. Well, it's, it's like a book, but it has pictures on every page. Like a picture book? But there's also words. Like and sometimes book? there's people killing people and people having sex. Explain to me how this is different than the concept of a picture book, please. Because it's awesome. Oh, well, if you say it like that, then I got to be into comic books. But where? Okay, look, Brendo. I'm a socialite. I'm a suburbanite. I'm, I'm a socialist. I'm a, uh, I'm a man about town. But come on, Brenda, where would a guy like me look? Matt Cohen, Smodcastle's Matt Cohen, Bagged and Boarded's Matt Cohen, Cop Out Maximum Comedy Mode's Matt Cohen. Matt Cohen, where would I find a comic book? Well, you're familiar with the Hollywood area, aren't you? I, I, I should say so. I've well, been living here for a few years, and I like to think that I, uh, I'm quite accustomed to it. So you must know about Golden Apple Comics on Melrose. No. It's a comic book store that has everything you could ever want when it comes to comics. Like what? Like all the new comic books and trade paperbacks. Do they have statues and action figures, too? They do, too. And they have t-shirts. No way. And also, like, this store that's, like, on Melrose called Golden Apple, do they have, like, crazy events and, like, signings and Yeah, stuff? with all kinds of cool people. And you can meet people, comics people, and actors, and get your book signed wow, and your dude. DVD this sounds signed. Like, this sounds like the greatest invention of all time. It's pretty Golden amazing. I think I'm going to cancel my television subscription and cancel my internet uh, subscription. I mean, you might not want to do that because then you Why not? be able to get to their website. What's a website? It is a place where you can look at things like comics online and order them online. Where would I find this magical at website? GoldenAppleComics.com. GoldenAppleComics.com? Yeah. Are you kidding me? I am not kidding. Are you for serious? I'm for super so you're telling super me, serious. hey, I'm tired with TV, I'm tired with video games, I'm tired with masturbating, I want some comic books. If I go to GoldenAppleComics.com, they can take care of me? They can take care of you. Ooh, that sounds hot. GoldenAppleComics.com. Check them out. I am a green and olive queen. 
boards because I'm a fucking dork. My comic book collection gives me an erection. What? Ladies and gentlemen, Matt Cohen and Brendan Creasy bagged and boarded. Oh, hi. Hello. How are you? Hello. I'm Matt Cohen. Is this Mike on Challenge 3? All right. There we go. I'm Brendan Creasy. Dude, I, I paid Derek before to fucking keep your mic way down low. <laughs> oh, man. I slipped him a little something. It wasn't money. Cause Derek, Derek, I thought we were friends. Derek's into geek shit. I slipped him like uh, a Kellogg's uh, bat cereal from 89. Well, that would do it. You know what I mean? He slashed your tires, too, just to let you know. Shit. Uh, welcome to Bagged and Boarded on the night where Brendo can drive home. Uh, thank you for being here in uh, sunny Los Angeles, California. Yeah. Or wherever you're joining us in from the world. It might be Antwerp. Chongchun, China. Is that a real place? That is a real place. Like, I know Antwerp is because I hear about it in the movies. What's Chongchun, China? It's a city in China. Where in China? In northern China. You lived right by Harbin where you live? It's southeast of Harbin. With the ice festival? Brendo makes me a more uh, knowledgeable person. I know about that. I know all about Angus. Yeah. Uh, Angus forever, man. I know about that there was a Ghostbusters role-playing game in the late 80s or some shit that he's obsessed with. In 1984? Like, if, like you know how they, you know how, like, they cured, they possibly cured HIV this week, dude. That is true. With stem cells. I feel like if you ever got your hands on the Ghostbusters thing, that would be the equivalent for you. I'm getting my hands on it. I think it's actually might be at our house right now. Like, you'd run up to people in a wheelchair and be like, just play this game, I swear. <laughs> It'll make you better. It's got Slimer. If that doesn't make you get up and run, I don't know what will. What would? <laughs> nah, dude, but yeah, man, you like games. I like, uh, I've been playing some, some video games lately. I got a new game for, for Hanukkah. I got, uh, Assassin's Creed. Oh, the Brotherhood? Huh, I don't even want to, I'm, I''m but I'm upset about it, you know. I like we should Hanukkah's over, man. It's over for me. Aww. All the you see, yeah. Us Jews gotta just go back to controlling the money supply and shit. Yeah. Filing down our horns. You guys get you guys get the rest of the month to like yak. You know, up. it's our time. It's Santa time. How is now uh for those of you who haven't heard the show before, A, uh we just wanna uh, as always say we're we're brought to you by uh, the fine folks at the Smodcast Network, Golden Apple Comics here in Hollywood. GoldenAppleComics.com. Uh, totally in Purple Tree clothing to get some cool uh, stoner hoodie gear. But um, now, nah, man, it's the holiday season right now. Yeah. And, uh, and, and for people who don't listen to the show, you actually, uh, you had a bit of a season changer yourself recently. You came out of the closet. Yeah, a few months ago. As a ago. homosexual. Yeah. Not as like a unicorn or well, like... you know, that's what I do. <laughs> or like a fucking, I don't know... A, a, a Rob Van Dam impersonator. Yeah. Because I know you like wrestling. I do. Can you imagine you're like, I got an announcement, guys. Don't call me Brendo anymore. Call me RVD squared. Yeah. The whole effing show. Yeah, man. Uh, no, but you came out of the closet. How is your first uh, holidays, it, sir? It's been really good, you know. The, you know, it's been okay. Is it like more festive? Oh, totally. Like, do you get like lights in the mail for free and shit? Yeah, from the, from the, from the cooperation of gays. The gay council? The gay council. The council for a gay America? COG. <laughs> council of gays. You know how they have those, com- you know how they have those commercials? There's this one commercial now where a dude walks into a bar and, uh, he's all sullen and stuff and he looks at the bartender and the bartender's like, what can I get you? And he points to a picture on the shelf of the bartender with his wife and kids. He goes, one of those. And the bartender goes, tell me about it. And it goes into this song about like, it's your first kiss on your first date and something losing the ring in the spaghetti plate. 
Is that it's one of those shitty Eaton country Bird songs? dinners the whole first year. It's the good stuff. And it goes, the good stuff. Pass it on by the council for a better life. Which is Mormon, Which is something insidious about that. Imagine that was for, for a council for gay, like a guy walks into a bar. <laughs> it's like, what can I get you? And he's like, you, council for gay. That's the entire commercial. Yeah. And just a rainbow fucking explodes through your screen and shit. Yeah. I feel like that's more aggressive than the whole like, it's a first date and burnt suppers and Christian ways. <laughs> like, I just, it doesn't, it doesn't appeal to me. Well, yeah, I've been having a good time, you know. On Thanksgiving, I went to my my brother and his girlfriend took me to a gay bar in Modesto, and that really? place was popping. Was it <laughs> oh, like yeah. in, in a gay way too? Well, because you know so that's like, like double popping and like, shit. Modesto is kind of a smaller, more conservative town, so the gay bars in those towns tend to be a little bit more festive and crazy because just people the ripping their go. fucking skin off, like oh, gay. It was like the dance floor was nuts. That's cool, dude. Are you going to go to a, uh, a Christmas gay bar? I bet they have well, those. Well, the same gay bar. Are you going to go back to Modesto now? Uh, yeah. Is that your gay bar? Totally. You're going to travel like three hours? Yes. To be like, oh, I'm Six alone. hours. Six hours? You're like, I'm back, bitches. <laughs> the entire bar, like, it's like, it, instead of, it turns from a gay bar to an old western saloon where everyone just shuts up and like the fucking swinging door shut. And you get really scared for a second. Then they're like, Brando! And a fucking <laughs> Brando alarm sounds yeah. and like balloon. <laughs> Angus and freaks and geeks, balloons falling shit, and yeah. everyone's like, we got 20-sided dice. And you're like, I never want to leave. <laughs> I never want this to be over. That would be incredible. Gay Christmas forever. Totally. Um, are you psyched for Christmas, man? Totally. Yeah? Why, yeah. What, do you got, what do you got coming? Well, you know, I get a day off of work, which is always nice. Right and on. I get to see my so brother. So for that, it, by, based on that fact, by the transitive property, you're just as psyched for like fucking Groundhog's Day. And true. Shit. Like I love Puxatawney Phil. Yeah. I will leave him cookies, yeah. and pet his little muskratty hair and Anything shit. Anything that can give me a day off of work. That's, that's what you're saying. You're like Martin Luther King. Great totally. guy, but you know I'm just saying. We don't get that day off. Of work. Really? Yeah. I don't know the official work. It just work depends holiday. on the corporation and what they choose. Like, so you have a racist corporation? Uh, yeah, totally. Like, we only, su- we only support white holidays here, guys. Like Good Friday. Really? You get off for Good Friday? Yeah. No Jew holidays? No. Like Sukkot? They don't let you go and build the tent and shit? No, we don't get that. We don't get Passover or Yom Kippur or any of that. Bullshit, man. Nah. Bullshit. Pure bullshit. Um, it's a lot of Mormons in my company. Yeah? Yeah. Do you think they're, on their lunch Christian. breaks, are they always like, hey guys, you want to hear a song? It's a beaten first yeah, dinner, the whole burnt year. Brendo, it's the good stuff. Pass it on. Yeah. You're like, I guess I will. <laughs> it sounds infectious, this good stuff. But I'm excited because my brother's girlfriend's parents' family, they kind of like adopted me. Even and, though you have a, a real par- set of parents? Well, because my mom lives in Minnesota, and she never wants to come out here. Like, Mom, Merry Christmas. I got new parents, and they let me stay up past 10. It's true. <laughs> and they give me awesome gifts. Like, amazing gifts. You're like, I love you, new mom and dad. Last They're like, year, there's a 32-year-old ginger calling us mom and dad. <laughs> Last year, I got... Little do you know, they're alcoholics. They think you actually are their yeah, kid. maybe. You know what Last I mean? year I got Twin Peaks, Deadwood, I got the Walt Disney documentary, I got an $85 Trader Joe's gift card. They're like, like, we never want him to leave his house. We want him to eat Trader Joe shit and just fucking get fat and watch movies and call us mom and dad. They've got a whole sick like Stockholm Syndrome reverse yeah, thing I don't going know. on. I would it's stay awesome. away from those people. Um, so, But that's cool though. So this is your first Christmas identifying as a gay. I think identity is, is a weird thing, man. Yeah. And, and, and 
Uh, in, in recent years, I've come to embrace the geek thing a little bit by like branding it on my flesh yeah, and seriously. all that shit. Um, do you remember? And you, would you consider yourself a geek? Hell yeah. Would that be your? Look at that, loud and proud, Brendo. Would that be your defining label? Probably, yeah. When was the first time you, uh, you, you, you had that self-realization that like I'm fucking Brendan Creasy, I like Angus, I'm gonna be gay in like 20 years, and I'm a fucking geek, goddammit. Well, it was probably all the way back when I was like five or six, and I started in, going out instead of going out to lunch and going in the recess where like kids would beat me up and make me do the truffle shuffle. I could. That say, movie fucking ruined you. Yeah. Like, if Richard Donner is listening to the show, you either owe this man an apology or watch your shit. Somebody owes me something from that. Because everyone, <laughs> like, I'll, I'll if take it from anyone. Joe many Pantalonio. Fat, many fat kids' lives were tr- were ruined by that. It's a wonderful movie. I and love many it. retarded monsters. Yeah. Think about that. Everybody's like, he's like, I don't want to eat baby Ruth. I was in an accident. Leave yeah. me. You know what I mean? Just a life full of fucking stigma and shit. So I would go in the library and I we had Apple IIs at the time and I would play like Sticky Bear and Lemonade Stands and Oregon Trail. Did you Oregon Trail yeah. or Oregon? Oregon. Oregon Trail sounds like a whole different fucking Oregon game. Oregon Trail. Uh Sticky Bear and fucking Kidney Collective he Agency. Did, he, the Sticky Bear, they were like the educational games. It was like Sticky Bear Math. And that was the first time you realized like you looked out the window and all these kids were playing dodgeball and there was like rainbows and like uh fucking like people having dance parties and shit and everyone be like this is the best recess ever and you're like sticky bear we'll buy some lemonade now yeah and that was your moment i think mine and i this is actually the first memory i really have now everyone i'm sure i have little glimpse and pieces from when i was like uh, fucking two years old and stuff like that of stuff i don't remember but the first vivid thing i can remember is um i was riding on the school bus home when i was in kindergarten so i was at five years old and I lived in the community that was uphill. And I remember I sat by myself because, like, no one liked me and shit. I was the weird kid who talked like Donald Duck and looked like Eddie Munster. <laughs> like, you guys know me now when I'm all bald and shit. For years, I was my nickname was Eddie Munster until I was, like, 17 years old. Because I had, like, the fucking widow's peak and I slicked back my hair and shit. Yeah. And then I remember when, my, when I was, like, 12, my mom was like, well, you know, Butch Patrick became a male model. So I started throwing that in all the bullies' faces. They're like, that doesn't make it less fucking gay or horrible. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to be a male model one day. They're like, do you want us to hit you more? Yeah. Um, but no, I remember riding on this school bus. I was by myself, and I was looking out the window, and I swear to God, dude, this is like a, a acid trip, that str- uh, strong of a memory, which should say something about my memories. But um, I remember looking out the window and being like, okay, I'm five years old, and I like the Ninja Turtles. What's next? Like, that was... And it was in that moment I realized my entire, the larger part of my identity was that I like the Ninja Turtles. That was what defined me in that moment, kind of. I'll tell you what's next, Matthew. What? Awesome. <laughs> Thank, come here. Come here. Cowabungas. Oh, turtle shell, man. Uh, yeah, turtle man. Powers. Awesome. You know what I mean? But no, I mean, that's, I, and I think, I think it definitely, um, it fucked me up in earlier years, the whole geek thing. Because then the thing is, I didn't even know I was a geek. I just thought I was weird. Yeah. I just thought, like, I, I didn't realize there were other people like me who were into fucking reading and weird cartoons and uh, older movies and, and video games, but, like, so hardcore that, like, they'd, when I was, like, 10, I used to do these, I would take the marble notebooks and I would make my own, Simpsons came out with a fucking giant book. It was yeah. called Bart's Guide to Life. Do you yeah, remember it? I have it. And it was my favorite book ever made, and every page was, like, chock full of fucking information. So I started making my own 
guidebooks to shit I liked. So I, at one point, I had a WWF one that was like fucking four marble notebooks thick, and every page was, I would take a wrestler, I would draw a picture of them, and I would write all their stats and a little bio and shit. I was 17 at that point, thank you. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, the shit continued throughout life from that Ninja Turtle moment on, man. And, um, like, I don't, I don't think it steered me wrong. It's funny in the sense that, like, um, I was almost, I knew where the fucking puck was going to be to steal a phrase, Brendo. Because look at the world now, man. Geeks are fucking. We rule the Jane world. Jane Baruchel is famous. Yeah. That dude looks like fucking some dude I know. Seriously. You know what I mean? You're like, hey, Terry, that looks like some dude I know named Terry. Or Jonah Hill or all that. You know what I mean? Like, geeks are kind of taking over people, the world, man. And they're everywhere. And it's for the first time in my life, this random weird subsect of fucking knowledge that has never been useful before seems to come into use and shit. Like... Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Knowing about Professor Xavier can get you laid nowadays. That's not true at all, but I am fighting for it with It'll every, happen. every damn Just fucking dying breath dreaming, of my body. Dreaming the dream. One day, man, one day, uh, Teen Titans will, will make them panties drop. Yeah. You know what I mean? Only season one, though. Like that time when we were at Comic Con. Before they went to Tokyo. The time in the comic, at Comic Con at the bar when we were trying to stump each other on Lord of the Rings trivia, that would have gotten us late. Dude, in the future, that will be, in like the future Geektopia we're building here on this show, there will be crowds of women around us, like rooting yeah. for their favorite Lord of the Rings geek, like who could stump the other one? Yeah. They'll be like, say Gandalf, say Gandalf. Oh, he fucking said Gandalf! <laughs> I have to rip my Miss Marvel costume off right now! We're still at the Comic-Con bar yeah. where everyone's in costume. It's going to um, happen. It's going to happen, man. It's going to be crazy. Do you think the inverse is going to happen for you where like gay dudes are suddenly going to be uh, going to uh, embrace the geek and shit? Oh, yeah. They're like, fuck yeah. Justin Bieber. I want that dude from Big Bang Theory. Totally. And then you're like, hey, I'm not that dude, but I know a lot about what that dude knows about, and I'm a nice guy. You know, take you out to lunch. We could dance. <laughs> <laughs> Last week, Brendo seduced Alexander Skarsgård on this show, and his main move of seduction was like, we'll light a fire, and then we can dance and talk. And then he told me what the, what was the dancing going to be. What? What kind of dancing was it? Slow dancing. Yeah, man, with a vampire by the fire. You are a romantic after yeah. all. You're like fucking Lord Byron Perth Bith Shelley or some Long's fellow or something. Yeah. You're something. You're some old dead dude who had got, got a lot of pussy and had syphilis. Yeah, because there was no such thing as condoms back in the day. Really quick side subject: uh, Julian Assange, who I know little to nothing about, but I love saying his name. Yeah. I found out today this whole rape charge thing. Did you hear? I haven't heard much. I've been trying to. In pay Sweden, attention. if you have consensual sex with a woman and don't wear a condom, it's considered rape, and that's what they're holding. Is him that on. what they're holding? He had consensual on? sex with a woman, fucking raw dog Assange style. That's fucking nuts. He was like, I'm about to plug a licky wiki How did leak. they find out? Did she charge him? I think it was a CIA fucking operative like Natasha Romanov and shit. It was Black Widow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Trolling like date.com. Did you see he had a match.com profile? That was crazy. It said Octung in there. And yeah, I was like, Octung. you know, Julian, keep up the Nazi talk and I'm going to have and to it, stop talking about you. Okay, he, buddy. He liked women from, di- from like third, third world, world nations because yeah. they were like, they're not as uh, as domesticated as those Western broads who will make you wear a condom. Apparently, that's you know what I like mean. It. Julian Assange, you think he considers himself a geek? No, I think he considers himself like an electric fucking Jesus or some yeah. shit. Judging by his yeah, he's, yeah, like, profile, like that guy thinks he's the shit. Like, do you think he's trying to put out a hit on Zuckerberg right now because Zuckerberg took Time Man of the Year? Yeah, because there was a whole Julian Assange campaign online for a minute there. 
Those are Assange supporters. They're, they're a little interesting. Derek, uh, DJ Derek up in the boot said it for, uh, Save It for Popsicles, which is a new podcast me and him do. This oh, yeah. Saturday at 8 p.m. This Saturday at 8 p.m. Be there. It's really cool. Save it. Save it. Derek is very funny, and I, I, I support the show. I'm Thank you, funny. sir. You're not, you guys aren't going to start like fighting over me, because that's why I did this. Like I want, to, I want there to be a pod battle for my honor. Are we like, just going to get here, and there's going to be like two bags of weapons, and you're like, all right. Not at all. Single white glove, single white glove, you throw down, I record it audio-wise. But then Derek and I would just end up being like, we don't need this guy. We can just talk about 90210. <laughs> yeah. We can talk about 90210 and say by the bell. And Adriana Tate. It'll be the, it'll be the Adriana Tate Duncan hour. And that is why you need this guy. <laughs> There's an audience for that, Dan. I'm it. sure Adriana fucking Tate, whoever that is, she's like, they're talking about me for an hour. If you do a show about, what's your name, sir? If I did the John podcast, he would love it. I would love it, too. You target that shit to a very small niche audience with that 90210 show, man. There's a large audience for 90210. I know, but what I'm saying is we're all encompassing, dude. People listening to the show love 90210. You know what else they love? What? Not 90210. They love all, they love other television programs. Dirty Jobs with Mike Rowe on, on uh, Discovery Channel or, or, uh, or, Terriers. Terriers, which just got canceled. You want to know why? Because nobody knew what the hell it was about. Everybody thought it was about dogs. And it's not about dogs. Was it not about dogs? It's not about dogs. Oh. Because I was down for it's a It's fucking... about like these con artists, spies, guys. I don't know. John, my roommate, tried to explain it to me, and it sounded cool. They shouldn't have canceled. called it Terriers, because that sounds like it's about dogs. Now, it you does. know you know what? The real unfortunate thing about this is that show got canceled after four episodes. There was a perfectly good show about dogs somewhere in some studio's fucking greenlit box right now, they can't use that name. That's true. It's going to have Those to be like dog. Pinchers or some shit, and that doesn't roll off the tongue like Terriers. Yeah. That was an amazing title used for a wrong show. Uh, you are a fucking... Look at us both. Who'd start on Terriers? Me. Was Wait. that why it got canceled? Oh, who starred on it? I yeah. don't know. I was geek tripping. I said who started. Donnell Logue, man, who's got oh, like... Oh, yeah, a, I love that guy. He's got a curse. He, he was, was in Knights of Prosperity. Yeah. This is shit he was like, in Dow of Steve. How many people can you, can you bring up Donnell Logue to? And then he could go off for an hour right now. Well, he's a fellow ginger, and, you know, we got to support each See, other. he's going to keep going. I'm not lying. And he was in the Dow of Steve, and he was in this really bad movie that we rented one time. The Edward Burns movie that they was marketed as a comedy, and then it turned out to be really depressing. I told you I wasn't lying. He can keep fucking going. What was about, that movie called? And I that's just one remember. subject. Can you imagine what a geek's mind is like? You could do that with anything. Uh, putting a helmet on a sparrow. Like I've thought about it. I've drawn <laughs> designs and shit. I know that sounds random, but you never know with a geek. Why man. would he need a helmet? Training them for the upcoming fucking bird wars. I saw that owl movie, man. Maybe they could train sparrows to to. To like save landmines, like they could, because Grace, my roommate, was showing me this thing about these rats that like they sniff out landmines. They train like, these rats. You know how they have pigs that sniff for truffles? You could possibly train parakeets to take down IUDs. IUDs is that the right word? IUD. Yeah. IED. Oh, IUD is something entirely. That's another kind of weapon, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Boom! Boom! They could sniff that out too. And there goes my joke from 1992. Anyone want to hear an OJ one real quick? He's guilty. Um, wow. yeah, man, we should train sparrows to fucking. I just feel like we'd lose all the sparrows. Like there'd be a whole lot less landmines and sparrows. Where would they drop them in the ocean? And then you cause like a rift with Atlantis, and Namor is gonna fuck us up. He's got wings on his feet, Brendo. You can't compete with that. Maybe Namor and Aquaman would team up against us. 
sure if they existed in the same fucking universe. What? Maybe they do. Yeah, and fucking Batman and Spider-Man are best buddies, man. Come on. Know. Only once in a while that happens. It's called the Amalgam Universe, Bre- Brendo. Yeah. Do I have to teach you the birds and bees? Penis goes in vagina or butthole or mouth. Yeah. I'm not... We're all, all right. we're all encompassing on this show. All right. And Batman and Spider-Man live in different universes, man. There's no... But there's sometimes no... maybe they collide. When the industry needs money, but that doesn't happen that often. It might be happening more. Look, those, that's the fundamental rule of the universe. Batman does not know Spider-Man unless... Marvel and DC sales aren't that well. In that case, they're fucking, they're like bowling together and shit. Yeah. He's like, you're, Batman's like, really? A six pounder? And Spider-Man's like, fuck you, man. He's like, but you're the one with powers. He's like, I know, but still, fuck you. And then Batman and Spider-Man get into a fight. In the bowling alley? Yeah, yeah, totally. That'd be awesome. And like, Kazar walks out from the fucking arcade or whatever. He's like, what's going on over here? And his tigers there and shit. I mean. No, it would have to be arcade because he's in an arcade. It would have to be arcade. Yeah, the like arcade. The car- yeah. Is that another one of your ginger? Do you have a list of everyone who's ever been ginger haired in yeah. fiction? Yeah, man. Who's you your favorite? Stick together. Who's your favorite? Oh, Alfred I mean, E. Newman. Yeah, he's pretty awesome. Is he at the top? Way up there. Way up. Um, there. who else do we well, got? Well, there's Pippi Longstocking. Uh, there's th- Wendy from T- Wendy's. Timmy Kirk. Timmy. Timmy Kirk on Oz. Yeah. Freaky guy on Oz. Yeah. Uh, Children of the Corn. No. It might, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking Outlander. Yeah, Malachi. Or Malachi, I, yeah. man. That's another Outlander. one. Like, And I go the opposite because I have two lists. I got a Jew list, which is like, it's not even a list at this point. It's like a fucking, it's the internet is my yeah. Jew list. Every, everyone's a Jew, and even if they don't know it, they're, they're secretly a Jew inside. Um, And then I've got my bald list, and it's like Statham and, and Bruce Willis. Larry David. Larry David. He's like 60s up there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, sure, Tom Wilkinson like, can be on that fucking list too, but I wasn't going that well, route. Well, I just like how Larry David, like, 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 he gets mad on the show of people like bald guys wearing toupees or bald guys wearing hats. He's like, you give us a bad name. You need to own that. Right on. Because I mean, it makes me look bad. Have him try owning that at fucking 26 years old. It can happen. Mr. Curb Your Enthusiasm. Um. I own that shit, though. Brenda, you own your ginger shit. I own my bald shit. We own our geek shit. And we are very privileged to have a special guest with here, us with here tonight. Look, I'm yeah. all flustered and nervous. <laughs> Ooh. Um, who, who really knows his geek shit, sir? And, and he uh, is a lot more informed and in a better place to talk about it than we are. This gentleman is uh, by far one of the geek-friendliest people work in the industry today. Uh, let's just name a few of the projects he's been involved with. You might know he did a astounding run on the comic book Booster Gold, which is one of my favorite comic books in the world, one of my favorite characters. He's responsible for a little film called Snakes on a Fucking Plane. Yeah. Remember when everyone was doing that? Were people doing that? I don't know. I was trying to do that. Were you doing that? I was. No, I guess no one else copied. I just assumed the entire world was like, yeah, Matt's doing it. It's... So that, okay. Uh, Wolverine Origins. Yeah. Uh, we, uh, um, a little film called Freddy vs. Jason. Yeah. A movie called Shoot 'em Up. Love Shoot 'em Up. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, please welcome to Bagnum Border, Mr. Jeff Katz. Yeah. Rocking the Four Loco tonight. He's drinking the Four Loco while rocking out to Ace of Spades. This man is geek rocking. You're like the geek Tasmanian this devil. Is, this is my first Four Loco ever. How is it? It's fruit punch. Do you feel very topical? 
I do. I feel. I do actually. I feel like I'm bending. Though I heard other people here tonight actually sold the people out next door that they they bought out all the four locos. Was there a four loco? See, you're a trendsetter, dude. Uh, yeah, hardly. hardly. There were just a group of people outside. Like, is it going to be Diet Coke or had, a Pepsi? That guy got four loco. It's like a Sunny D commercial. I had a bunch. Yeah. I had a bunch of friends uh, twittering about the thing for like weeks. And I didn't know what the hell they were. Neither did about. I. I saw that like uh, there was a big four loco party about two weeks ago or something. And, and I, uh, how it's so? What is it? Let's. It's it's um, always, help yourself. It's please. alcoholic. It's like malt liquor fruit punch. It's uh, it's like, it's like shit, if, you, that... if you cross the Hawaiian punch man and Billy D. Williams. You, you know, can tell I'm a stoner because that was me realizing there's actual alcohol in that. Uh, yeah, that's fucking booze, man. Okay, yeah. here's why in, that's in dangerous. Camouflage. Wow, yeah. Right who wants now. to drive me home? Well, I'm yeah, not even... Okay, it says 12% alcohol on it, and that is a big fucking can. I'm, I'm from the Midwest. This is what we do. This yeah. is, you gotta, I have to say, by the way, I am thrilled that I'm not the only person that hears that it's the good stuff commercial, because I see it all the time. There's another one with a, a, oh, and a, a little boy. Oh, there's another yeah. one with a little boy and yeah. his mother, and it's him trying out different sports. It's him trying She's tennis. Catch. He She's sucks. Catch. Right he yeah. sucks. And finally, he sings, and it's... um. Mom, you always were my perfect friend. And oh, the mom God. smiles, but they age her. Oh, and it's, shit. oh it's brutal. Yes. That's the foundation for life. They man. run them through every 24 hour news channel. You they see do, them yeah. All the time. Or the history channel as well. So, so you're rocking the four logo. Do you feel, do you want to like take on the world? <laughs> That's no, horrific. I, is that what Red Bull tastes like? I, I, honestly, I don't see that. I don't see what the big deal is, to be very honest with you. Perhaps I've, I've I drank too much. You just sipped it. Yeah, head. no. Wait, wait, give it like 20 minutes. We'll all be dead. Yeah, apparently. I barely, again, I've barely cracked it. So periodically, I'll let you know as the four loco goes on. It's like okay. the five finger death thing where it, you drink it, it takes hours. You don't even know you're dead. Right. You'll be dead, man. H- happy to experience it when it's still legal. So, <laughs> so, so we, we were just talking about the subject of geeks, or you would, I think you would definitely identify yourself as a geek, oh, right? Yeah. Um, since an early age or? Yeah, I mean, I'm sort of weird in the sense that, I'm weird, I guess weird in a lot of senses, but, uh, the, my first movie going experience. got a experience, cat fetish. Exactly. I got Cat Fancy, a wonderful magazine. Uh, they have an alpaca. Uh, is that ma- still in business even? Is that actually I think still? so. And they have an alpaca magazine now too called uh, alpaca, alpaca Fancy. Alpaca Monthly. <laughs> and I've bought a few issues. I mean, there's really, you don't need a monthly digest for that. Uh, but no, my, uh, my first movie going experience that I remember at all, I'll be 32 in a couple weeks, so 81 or whatever. My parents took me to see Empire Strikes Back. And I don't even remember the, the full of the movie. What I remember is walking out of it being dragged by both arms, crying and screaming because Han Solo got frozen in carbonite. And I mean, I vividly, like yesterday. And so from that point on. He got out of it. Yes, thankfully, eventually. And I, I learned <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah, and, totally. But, um, you know, and so grew up with, you know, my parents who are not even heavy moviegoers still like to go to the movies. And would, I, I was lucky enough to grow up in a period, I think, that saw a lot of pretty definitive classics in this Fundamental space. geek genre. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm born December 29th, 78. So if you do that, I mean, I got to see a lot, really, of the post-Jaws so oh, yeah. I, and I got Jaws early enough on, on You got video. to see Jaws 4 in the theater. I actually did see Jaws 4 in the theater. Uh, Mario Van People died in that cut, and then on TV sometimes miraculously survives, and it throws me. Uh, <laughs> Melvin, shark, Melvin made a call. Well, also, I don't understand how the shark knew to follow them to Jamaica. They don't hold grudges, generally. Sharks are smart. That yeah, shark is, shark, man. shark is a bitch. Uh, so, so from an early age, you, 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 the, the movie theater was kind of your fucking temple, and you remember... You know, oddly enough, the biggest thing for me was my parents both worked. They'd travel for work, and I, sadly enough, I, I don't even remember the woman's name, which is terrible, uh, but I had a woman that sat for us whose husband 
at the time I now recognize highly illegally, uh, had dubbed every movie ever. And he, I mean, literally. I thought you were going to say he like sold heroin or something. No, now I realize it was illegal back then. Um, But literally you would walk in and he'd have three walls of just VHS tapes. And a lot of them with three movies on them at a time. And so if my parents are going out of town and they were going to come and watch, it became a sort of de facto thing. I'm going over there. I'm picking off the wall and getting, literally just taking them all home. And I just sat and absorbed all of that stuff. And it was, you know, the old Universal Monsters 2, literally, you know, Jaws 2 and 3 and, you know, uh, and, and I, so I, I, I absorbed it all and then was lucky enough when I was about eight years old to discover that, uh, I was living in the same neighborhood where both Bob Shea and Sam Raimi were, were, had come from. Which is a very small, it's like a two square mile village in suburban Wait, Now where'd you grow up? You grew up in Detroit? Yeah, a little town called Franklin, Michigan. Which is literally, it's Michael Moore didn't make a documentary about that one, so we wouldn't know, right? Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> but like, uh, oddly enough, uh, uh, I, I went to Detroit not long ago, I went to go see Hugh Jackman because he was down doing a movie and he was a great guy. He was actually living in Franklin while he was That's there. That's funny, man. It's like, he's like, it's like Pleasantville. And with it, your yeah. parents and shit? Uh, that would be horrible. <laughs> if, you, Florida, if you went so. back to visit and Wolverine was living with your My mom, mom and dad. would probably be okay with that. My father would <laughs> not so much. Uh, but, uh, yeah, literally, I, weird little town had both of these guys from it. And, you know, really from there, I got lucky enough to make some connections to those people. It sort of took off. So that immediately, so, so you were almost at eight years old, you kind of knew. Yeah, I was uh, abnormal in that sense and that I was very oddly driven. Um, and I, I really, my big break at some level, weirdly enough, I was at a dinner party when I was nine years old. And Bob, was your big break at nine uh, years old? Weirdly, I've had an odd career. Uh, and You're Bob like Lana Shea's, Turner. Yeah, hardly. Was at the, uh, Bob Shea's father was at the dinner party, and Max Shea was like an artist and uh, owned grocery stores. And Bob, it's a little thing about Bob, uh, but Bob actually had beaten Martin Scorsese in a short film competition as a teenager. So Bob was always sort of going there. And at the time, this is really just post sort of Elm Street breaking, the idea that a guy could come from my neighborhood and go off and, and not only make movies but have his own studio was a mind-blowing proposition. Absolutely. And then, and, and then after that, I mean, Raimi... I... Well, I got him later, weirdly enough. Bob, what, I, what really happened was I made a bet with Bob's father over a, little, a short-lived show called Freddy's Nightmares that lasted like... Oh, I, man, I remember that, that show. was so that nuts. Show. Yeah. It was, it was, episodes, not it, was yeah. it was Crip Keeper for Freddy, right? It was, yeah, a, it was a horror yeah. anthology, but loosely based around Freddy. I remember, every now and then, they'd have a Freddy-centric episode, but not a lot. Not a lot. for the movies. It was like Twilight Zone, kind of, yeah. but it, it was a little bit more weird shit in there. It, it wasn't that great. I mean, no. but, I, but it, the bet was stupid. It was, I said it's debuting this Saturday night at 1130. He says it's next Saturday night. I said, oh, I'll make you a bet. If it's this Saturday night, you have to send my Elm Street ideas to Bob, and I believe Elm Street 4 is just maybe coming out. And you're nine years uh, old at yeah. this point. Uh, and you had and, Elm Street ideas? Oh, yeah, yeah. I was, again, abnormal. And I said, <laughs> uh, you have to sign, get me autographed Elm Street posters by Bob. And I won the bet. I feel like all my ideas at nine-year-olds were about the Care Bear cousins and how they yeah. could take over for the fucking bears, which were boring. <laughs> yeah, no. no variety. They had a monkey, a lion, a rhino, like... Yeah, I, I I can't explain it. It just was always sort of how I was wired. Now, were, did you read comic books as a kid, too? Was so, that part of the base also? Pretty much how I learned to read at a certain level was uh, DC Comics more than Marvel, plenty of both, but I would say even through my young adulthood, 65% you know, percent DC. So you almost got the proper training to be the geek you are today, yeah. right? I mean, you, like if, if parents were trying to manufacture a perfect geek, it would be uh, take a move <laughs> I don't know about that, but I think the, the, uh, the, it's, which I'm going to try to do one day. Someone needs to get me a eugenics guy. But it's, it's like the outliers. If you're born at the right time in the right sort of space, that's what it's like. Bill Gates, if he was born 
20 years earlier is probably not Bill Gates in, no, in remotely yeah, the same yeah. way. No. So, so from nine years old, take us on the journey to, I mean, you didn't start working in the industry at nine years old, right? No, I got my break when I was like 15. I was a talk radio host in Detroit. Uh, I, there was a thing in the paper, the channel W4 country. If you've seen private parts of the Howard Stern movie, yeah, uh, when he's working at a rock station, they say, Hey, we're going to country and he quits. Yeah. That country station turned into an all sports talk station. And there was a thing I was having breakfast one morning. That was when, cause I'm a huge Stern fan as is Derek. Yeah. That was when Howard was in Detroit. Yeah. That's okay. So that's, yeah, yeah. It was separate from Allison and it was a really sort of nightmare yeah, absolutely. scenario. Um, but that channel turned into a sports talk channel. Uh, I was reading a thing about it in the paper. I literally submitted a resume in and got an interview. And got now, are you a sports fan also? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you're to this day. Oh yeah. Hardcore. Okay. So you're the rare fucking geek. I'm an everything geek. I love. I, mean, I love a lot of stuff. Versatility. I love all of this. Stuff. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I like information. I like to corner pigeonhole myself into tiny little labels and then exploit it. I would argue there are more sports geeks in this space than you would really think. I, 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 and I, I always, I, I always, and I used to be into sports when I was a little kid. You know, pot really turned me away from sports, <laughs> to tell you the truth. It's funny how that does that. But yeah, I was into sports for a little bit because, and to me, it was always, um, the team aspect. It was a superhero team in my mind. And that was why I liked wrestling too. Yeah. And that's why I, I always, there's certain dynamics. I'm a big team guy. When I was a little kid, I used to collect, um, figures. My, we called them figures and friends in the case box. And they were like, all the little promotional figures and those little, do you remember? They were like the rubber non-posable figures that came out for every fucking movie in sure. the 80s. And what I used to do is I would break them down into Warner Brothers and, and uh, Disney and then different factions and like face them off. So even at like five years old, I was very aware of like teams and shit. So that was, I think, yeah, sports does kind of correlate a little bit to the comic book thing. Yeah, I just think it's, you know, again, it's a generational thing maybe to a certain level. I think it's, it's only going to get more common I find you're always going to have the split off groups, but again, it's other like I, I like wrestling and MMA as yeah, well, totally. and I have yeah, a you know, background in that. And a lot of that is because I like comics, I like movies, I like sports. It's a natural sort of. So, thing. so you're 15 years old. You're doing a, a, a talk show on on sports radio in, in Detroit. Uh, at what point do you get back and uh, not back involved? But at what point do you make the move to to Hollywood, as it were? Uh, well, I, I came to Hollywood uh, when I turned 20. I worked for I did the radio show. Uh, the show got canceled, which actually was one of the best things that happened in my career. Uh, then hooked on with Ted Turner's wrestling company, WCW. Uh, left there. I, you said that before too. You were like, Ted Turner's wrestling company. Yeah. Like, not everyone's like, WC fucking W. Kevin Nash. Less and less <laughs> now. You get, when I speak at colleges and stuff, there's always, you get the look of recognition. So, so uh, you went yeah. from, so you went from a talk show guy to WCW, which was based in Georgia, yeah, right? Yeah. So you moved from Detroit to Atlanta? No, I had, a, I had a weird thing. I started there when I was 17 and I would literally once or twice a month fly out to wherever the pay-per-view was. And so, which was actually phenomenal long-term for the entertainment industry because you got to see movies with different audiences. So, you know, one weekend I'd be in San Francisco or Las Vegas. The next day I'd be in Tupelo, Mississippi or Moline, Illinois. And I remember very vividly seeing the trailer for the first Rush Hour in Moline, or no, I'm sorry, Tupelo, Mississippi, play through the roof. They and you're like, it, right? That movie's going to work. Yeah. <laughs> because if that's playing, the Asian guy and the black guy teaming up playing in Tupelo, that's a good thing. I frankly, yeah, yeah. it would benefit the business more, I think, to go look at movies in those places because it, it, it was, it was a We're wonderful We're going to move thing. everyone to Tupelo. Well, it'd be an interesting move in the whole to fucking country. Yeah, yeah. Just rename it Tupelo and shit. Uh, so you're working at WCW now. So wow, dude, you had a fucking kind of, I don't want to say easy, but a rare, a, ra a rarely kind of prolific jump off from at nine years old, you're talking to Bob Shea and all of a sudden you're on the radio and then you're working for WCW. Uh, how was it all just self-initiative kind of stuff? Look, I, again, I think I was very fortunate timing and some chance. Uh, 
But I certainly, look, I worked hard and I sacrificed. I didn't go to spring break. I went to Tupelo, uh, <laughs> which I'm sure is probably lovely for spring Which is break, kind of but, a spring break, I guess, um, if you think about it. You know, and so, you know, I, there was a girl I, I had feelings for in college that I had to leave to go to Hollywood. You you make those sacrifices. By the you get older, your priorities change. And, you know, for me, uh, I don't know, man. My heroes growing up, as much as I loved the filmmakers and stuff, I liked the business guys, too. And Ted Turner was one of my heroes. Bob was one of my heroes. And I would go read the history of the business at the old moguls. And I just saw so I always had a business interest at a certain level. And and so I think I was it's, I, I was certainly competitive and ambitious. But And you were why and, and, and it's people like you are why that me and Brennan were talking about before how the industry has kind of turned geek friendly because you guys are now in the positions of power and you're the people who have grown grown up like that and realize you know what I mean it, do you would you agree at all yeah I mean I think it's starting to get perverted a little bit not in a, in a non-sexual way but I think uh, let's let it get perverted look, in any uh, kind of way simple, again, bring the lights down let's let it get perverted like if you read like outliers or those books again like they'll, they'll talk about that timing thing I got in at a period where it was not a overly saturated area I recognize this was a growth area again I think owing a lot to having been in the wrestling boom which was a successful sort of very yeah you were in it you were in it at the big at the biggest yeah when it broke national I got to sort of when it did yeah, the big Monday night wars that was called and that was really tremendous training for show business the parallels are very natural like as studios kind of Everywhere, really, because look, they're all relationship-based businesses. Every business, you work in textiles, it's a relationship uh, business. But I think learning how to read crowds and understanding that really the idea of getting someone to go and pay $30 on a Sunday night for a pay-per-view or now in LA, $20 on a Friday night to go see a movie uh, is actually a pretty simple, uh, similar drive. Okay, and even you know, honestly, wrestling with Sunwell's three-act storytelling. It's, it's know, a fucking movie, basically. Very yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I got a lot out of that, but also the politics behind the scenes and understanding. Okay, things that I got. I mean, I, my radio show getting canceled when I was sixteen put me in a year and a half of deep depression. I've peaked at sixteen. My girlfriends left me. I got way overweight. I didn't shave. I went through a really deep. You were sixteen, right? But at the at that time, that's the end of your world. You're it's, like yeah. fucking William S. Burroughs and yeah. shit at sixteen. Well, <laughs> it was the idea that I could ever get back up was foreign to me and I had to learn it and I was lucky enough to learn it and ultimately that I think enabled me a lot and I learned more lessons in WCW so that by the time I got to Hollywood even though I dropped out of college my freshman year called in my chip with Bob arrived on my 20th birthday drove cross country with my dad uh, and really never looked back and I think at a large level while I was a 20 year old college dropout intern I was not really a 20 year old college because you'd already had a intern. fucking professional radio show and worked for I worked crazy Ted Turner long and enough yeah, yeah, yeah and I'd felt the slings and arrows of it did he ever fuck, did he ever like threaten to Pull a shotgun on you and stuff. I, I just imagine him doing like lots Ted of Turner? country stuff. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he would honestly come around once a year. Really? It was not Ted was so like, wrestling, huh? Where's my helicopter? Well, Ted was Ted. It built TBS. If you look at the history of TBS, it was Braves games, uh, Andy Griffith reruns in Georgia Championship right, Wrestling at WCW. So he was always very loyal, and frankly, to the wrestling, right? And had uh, had uh, the uh, uh, Time Warner not bought him out, yeah, uh, it would probably still be in business. If he oh, had yeah. control the network, he'd still have it. So, so you made a jump. From a very very theatrical industry to, to to the industry as it were. So you arrive in Hollywood at 20 years old. Now you're going to work for Bob Shea. Or? Yeah, I started as an intern at New Line. They stuck me not even in the main building in the production office. So what what year is this? I arrived. So my 20th birthday will be December 29th, 98. Okay, so 98 New Line. What, what kind of flicks are, are we talking about? Lord of the Rings had just started. It started I think in October, if I remember correctly. So 98. As an wow. intern, yeah. I would sit there. If I remember correctly, yeah. If I, I sit there. And I would have to stack piles of like, all right, this is Yurok high armor. 
This is, you know, uh, Gondor armor. How did you stop from getting hurt all day? Did you, you have to like, <laughs> did you, did you have to tuck it up like every time you went to work and shit? The, the coolest stuff was you'd get pictures of Peter Jackson doing all the Gollum expressions. His direction to Andy Serkis was he'd take pictures of himself going, ah, ee, ee, and you'd see the pictures and then little computer renders of Gollum doing them. It was wild. That's and if you so remember funny. at that time, Bob had and Michael had bet the company on those movies. Oh, yeah. So you knew you were coming in at a really remarkable time to be there. And I was lucky enough to be there when Mike DeLuca was Because they had just had, they had a hit with Blade, right? Was that their big kind of hit pre-Lord of the Rings? You had had, look, it was the house that Freddy built, really. And then Ninja Turtles enabled them to go to a wider uh, yeah. sort of level. Time Warner, Ted Turner then acquired them, then rolled into Time Warner. They had a lot of misfires, too. You had the last man standing period. And really, yes, Blade was something that really came in and hit at the right time. Because I think that might be the first film that I know had an New Line logo attached to the front and of it. And in a lot of ways was really a precursor to a lot of the comic stuff you see today. I was way ahead of the... That was... and that, that Post-Superman, isn't that the first big budget mainstream comic book movie coming out? Respawn. I think it's, what's it, 96? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you had the you had the Batman, 89 Burton yeah, Batman. 89 Batman. So uh, the first had, Marvel, certainly, I believe. Yeah, it was a breakthrough for that. And it was also, again, it was sort of like darker themed. Even though Burton's was considered dark for the time, it's actually pretty campy when you look at it today. Uh, you know, I think that it just, it was a breakthrough Nonsense. for them. I like the movie. It was my birthday party as a kid. But I mean, it, it's, it was a breakthrough certainly for the company. And then uh, at that point, yeah, it was really, they were going through a tough spot to where it was made very clear. If these movies don't work, you will be folded into Warner Brothers. So were you already, so you came into the company at a point where it, the company's future was tenuous almost. Or the greatest fucking brightest future. New Line was tenuous every five years. It was like clockwork. It's like the Yankees winning a World Series. You know that it... Or like Brendo coming uh, out of the closet. Right, every five years, yes. <laughs> Every five years. It's, it's a slow chrysalis. Yeah. In and out, in and out. You know. But yeah, it was that was sort of a regular thing. What would usually happen, you see this in the business a lot, and frankly, it's what bit New Line in the end in, in its previous incarnation, is uh, you have some success in a really strong power zone. And this is like Sony Screen Gems. Had a lot of success in their zone. And then they make Burlesque, which I know is a Golden Globe uh, Best Picture nominee. But was yeah, but not so a, was like fucking Easy yeah, A and like the weirdest movies of... Like, I feel like they just... Red. Red. Is, red. Red. Is going on with the best comedy musical category? You, you can do a whole separate show on the Hollywood Foreign Press. That's, That's a pretty well-known Foreign people, man. Uh, they love they love Bruno. Yeah, I mean, we got, uh, Pia Zadora's husband bought her one in like the 70s. Or yeah, that's, 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 that's yeah, nice was, of Mr. Zadora. Well, it was, was excellent. Mr. Zadora was a classy guy. Yeah, I was reading uh, Nikki Finke's rant on the Golden Globes today, and it made sense. It's just, it's really interesting the where the direction that went in as opposed to... It's a marketing device, yeah. and that's why studios support it. It's why the network likes it. And that's, by the way, that's half the business. This is this is show business, and the razzle-dazzle is, you know, it's not like premieres matter in the same way anymore yeah. either. No, so, and you learned that very early on, right? Because dealing with possibly the biggest gamble in, in recent film history... I, I sort of knew it going in. I, my first WCW paycheck when I was 16, 17, whatever, I got a variety subscription. So, I mean, it would come to Detroit a week and a half late... Uh, so I, mean, I was pretty prepared for it. Um, and again, wrestling had pretty much sort of taught me every wrestling is, if you talk to guys working wrestling, they call it, it's a, it's not fake, it's a work. Okay. And you never know, are you working me? Are you coming? So Hollywood is the ultimate work business to a large man. level. So I was pretty well prepared. I was not, uh, uh, bright eyed off the bus by any stretch. So, so you're at New Line and Lord, Lord of the Rings is going on. What are you doing there specifically on, were you working with Bob Shea no, himself no, no. or? Bob's attitude was, uh, WCW was doing well at the time and it was actually Time Warner was down and so it was a bright spot in the catalog so I was like oh you're there okay 
well, you're 19, you can PA or intern. Now, I recognized if I PA, I'm on a movie for a couple months, and goodbye me. If I intern, I can build relationships, I can network you can and get move in. Move your way up there. So, yeah, so yeah. I'll take the internship. And also, Mike DeLuca had started as college dropout turned intern and was running the studio. And that was an absolute sort of, you know, model. That's no, totally, yeah. And so, uh, I call, I cast that in. He basically said, okay, you're gonna intern, but you're not gonna intern in the main building. They put me in West Hollywood on San Vicente, uh, behind Rage, uh, no less, which yeah. for, for my father and I driving into town the first time was kinda like, alright. You're like, welcome uh, to Hollywood, that's where men have sex. Exactly. <laughs> this uh, is where I work. Uh, <laughs> right behind where men have sex. And I worked out of the production office, basically. That was a three-story building where you had physical production, Post, legal, and a few other divisions. For Lord of the Rings? No, New Line entirely. So, so what kind of films did you work on when you well, were... Uh, interning you during my first day, for example. I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, the first job they threw me into is we lost Robert L. Switz deal memo on Magnolia. <laughs> okay? Which is ridiculous. You're like, Hollywood, I'm arrived. And, and I found the deal memo, and they liked it. And I, and I, what I did, I think that was a little different because I had dropped out of school was... I'm going 40 hours a week. I work for free. I spent that first year eating ramen, cans of tuna out of the can, and for lunch every day, two little baked potatoes and uh, uh, a cantaloupe from what we used to call gay pavilions. Like, <laughs> Look how he looks at Brendo again when he says that. Just yeah. like, well, I'm sorry. That's just the, uh, but the, that was literally like, that was what it was, the new yeah, line yeah, yeah, yeah. for it. And that's what I lived off of. But it was great. And it was, I had made great money in WCW and was sort of really miserable at a point in time in it. And here I was really starving and going for it and, and uh, I was hungry in, in every sense of the word, and I think that really helped, honestly. And as as and and, and you were you're a self affirmed geek, and I'm, I, you loved wrestling and sports, so I guess you were already kind of in your zone there anyway. But was this like fucking heaven for you, like getting oh, yeah. to work on all these random movies every day and deal with all these? When I won the bet with Bob as a kid, the letter that came back with it, I have it framed still in my office. Uh, said, you're clearly a bright and enterprising guy. Uh, maybe someday, I like your Elm Street ideas, maybe someday you can come out and make a Nightmare on Elm Street movie for me. So he's blowing smoke up my ass, obviously, but I'm nine years old and I'm like, this is, uh, that's my You're like, I got to get my draft too going. And so yeah. everything I did all right, was always sort of directed to, I am going to New Line as quickly as humanly possible. If I had had my druthers, I would have done it right out of high school. My parents were correct in making me go to school for at least a year because uh, I got a lot out of it. But uh, yeah, no, I, I was, uh, so that was like dead on. So, so it was heaven. It was a dream come true. So you're, you're working the intern ladder, as it were. How long did it take to progress? How did you progress? Where did you go? in New Line, you know uh, I, what I mean? I interned six months there, 40 hours a week, got hired eventually as a floater. A floater, actually, I had an option. I could go interview to be an assistant, which had no appeal to me whatsoever, uh, or I could be a floater. And I said, I'll go be a floater, because what a floater did was basically you're like an in-house temp, okay? And you would go and you would work every division in the company. And what that allowed me to do was literally see soup to nuts how a studio runs, every end of it, and what things that are important that you don't know are important. And really how important, particularly at that time, home video was and these sort of other you areas. To, you got to see a studio from, from a, a top to fucking bottom, I got bottom, what you bottom would marketing, describe, everything. Yeah, like, what yeah. your first two years in college are supposed to be, where you're learning that I'm going to choose my big major, that's what I got. So, you, so you're a floater now and, and you're working every different job and everything. Is there ever a point where you're like, okay, I, I, are you a, did you ever want to write? You know, I, I, it was something I always sort of like. I was I was the kid who dabbled in it and stuff. I was like a pretty good. Like, where writer. does your creative thing come in? Are you an but idea man? Where, where, where I like to think. Look, I, mean, I write comics and stuff too. So I like to think I'm sort of a. Uh, I don't know. I'm a. I like the fact. Look, I believe that you can be 
creative and also have a business sense. And I think a lot of people just sit there and go, well, I'm creative. I don't want to be bothered learning the business. That is stupid and naive, frankly. And it's on you to learn the business or don't complain when you get taken advantage of. And the fact is, okay, that I think that a lot of us, it's not, and I understand you've got people have predisposed sort of talents in other areas, but I really think it's important. It's an area where we've got to be savvier. I, mean, I have a motto we say on our, on the show that we do all the time where I say a smarter geek is a better geek. And, you know, it's, it's the same thing like learning to read tracking as an example in these things. These are important. To so not be taken. I, I, yeah. And Derek, You're being Derek, marketed to 24 seven. Derek, what, who was pandering to us, sir? You said, I, I don't even remember what you said it was, but you, you were just mentioning how cer- certain shows pander to geeks and you find it insulting, right? G4, uh, panders to geeks all the time. You, you think so? You guys are going to be pandered to consistently. And it's, by recog- for the and next it's recognizing years. that that's that that takes it to the next level, right? You're I, saying, or I believe. Look, you have a choice. You can be a sheep, or you can actually be, you can be a wolf that fucks sheep. Or you could be smart. <laughs> that's what. Well, can be right. a weird inter- interspecies wolf thing. Uh, look, I just believe the future of the business ultimately is that people want to know. They want. And this is about information. It's about knowledge. And the day, just like wrestling back in the day, it's still real to me. Damn it! You yeah. have those guys around there. Okay, that's really gone. Yeah, totally. No right. one thinks it's real anymore wrestling right now no and, and it's time to it's brando it's, did you come on did you i, I remember when i found out it was fake i was at ymca camp and i was really sad and it was also the same day i found out santa claus was fake wow someone's Literally. like santa claus Some isn't real asshole. and neither wow. is hulk hogan go yeah. fucking kill yourself some Shit. asshole had been bullying me and he's like and he's like, you like Santa Claus? I'm like, I love Santa Claus. It's your parents. And I'm like, ah. He's like, and you like Randy like, Ma- Macho Man Savage? Guess what? It's your parents. And you're like, yeah. And then he was like, you like wrestling? Reversed. And I was like, I love wrestling. He's like, who's your favorite wrestler? I'm like, Hulk Hogan. And he's like, they're not actually fighting each other. It's fake. And I was just like, no. I love this. I love this dude, man. I feel like we should dig that guy. He's like this the dream breaker. Dream crusher. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't hey, know. Hey, tell me what you like. It fucking sucks. That's Next. Right. That's right. Kerry Grant's gay, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah Who else is gay? MacGyver? No, yeah. James Dean. Um, <laughs> so, so you started working your way up. So now you're a floater. What was the next move up? So the next thing from there was when I was a floater, I was lucky enough that I had built up relationships with most of the department heads. And so I got spotted young enough. Uh, and so I became sort of their exclusive floater and then eventually the development department's exclusive floater. I got offered maybe 10, 12 assistant jobs over the run of it. And DeLuca had said to me, very young, don't be an assistant. It's the worst thing you can do. Don't do it. And and I, I really took that to heart. And people would say, are you crazy? What are you doing? And at that time, it was viewed, there was a very concise pattern. It was, you're going to work a desk, and then maybe you're a junior executive, and then maybe you get to help on a movie and whatever. And Freddy vs. Jason was going through development hell for years. I bought the first draft of it at the Motor City Comic Con for $15 in 1994. Get the fuck out of yeah, here. Yeah, long time. Like 13 different drafts, $10 million. From who? Oh, well, who had the rights? You guys had the rights. New Line had picked up, uh, the Jason, uh, from Paramount. Okay. So you bought, you bought a draft from a random, who, who wrote it? New Line had it in development for ages. It was at one point, actually, um, I think it's Friday 7 was almost that movie. Freddy vs. Jason. No, no, Friday, yeah, Friday 7, which is where he fights the psychic girl. Uh, cause, you know, psychics go to Crystal Lake. Uh. They love it. It draws them in. Yes, it does. It does. It's like the Stonehenge or whatever. Yes, exactly. Uh, she, he's the clarion call of (laughs) Crystal Lake. Uh, and so the right deal didn't work out or whatever. Paramount at that point, as was sort of the nature of this beast, said, well, we're done with this franchise. It had made them a lot of money, but we're kind of ashamed of it, which you get in the genre at the time. We'll let it go. Sean Cunningham and Bob knew each other. 
made a deal. They knew each other from going back to last house on the left. Made a deal and put it in development. It was unique. And if you go back and look at Jason Goes to Hell, the end of that movie, Freddy's glove comes yeah. out, grabs because it's a dir- that's what happened the, in the chronology. It's, uh, Jason Goes to Hell. What's on the Freddy side? It'll be Freddy's dead. The Wes Craven's new nightmare, which is out of continuity. That's like alternate universe. Okay, so then, so then, uh, so Freddy vs. Jason is is happening at New Line, right? It's in development hell. It's, it's in development hell, and you're and you're suddenly it. find yourself in the develop in the development department uh, division. I cornered Deluca at the company Christmas party. I said, "Look, I've been writing Bob. I know this franchise like the back of my hand. Can I give you notes? Whatever." He said, "Absolutely." That was sort of Mike let you do that. Uh, and again, New Line was a very unique place. If you were, my, you know, you had guys that worked in the mailroom that sold scripts there. It was a special that's time awesome. for that, yeah, yeah, and yeah. that doesn't really exist now. And that's really, I think, Bob's ultimate legacy was you, you would really. Uh, I was an unpaid intern. Other guys, Toby Emmer came out of the music department. But you had, but but you, you had, but look what happened. Yeah, but you had the chance to do other to go th- do that stuff. And so, uh, actually, weirdly enough, as sometimes happens in this business, when Mike left and a lot of the other executives left with him, a lot of people got moved up, and it opened up a room for me to be able to go and, and rise up. Then you, so then you became a VP of development. No, 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 no. I got promoted basically off Freddie versus Jason to executive. I was literally, I was put on it unofficially. Gave notes and make up notes. You go to the Kevin Yeager look compared to this. Uh, movie starts really looking like it's pick up steam. It's going to get going. And literally one day, I'm, I'm, I'm 24. I'm working in the department. I get called to the staff meeting and they say, you're an executive. And Holy I turned it, shit. I turned it down originally, to be honest with you. Really? Uh, yeah. I passed on it. Why? And then I wanted, I had brought them Grand Theft Auto when I was 23 and stuff and, and they didn't want to do it. Yeah, and that's fucking So awesome. I was like, all right, I want to go hustle and be, you know, Don Simpson or Brooke. Let's sidetrack for a sec, sir. Let's list, let's list some of the properties you have either optioned or been attached with. I mean, uh, because I, I, I don't follow. I'm not yeah, fucking okay, you. Yeah. I don't know. I, I did. I bought We Three, which is a We Three, which is is, is it uh, Grant, Grant Morrison, Grant Morrison uh, comic book. Death the High Cost of Living for Neil Gaiman to direct. Uh, Battle Royale, you Battle said, Royale. right? Oh, yeah, that was my probably one of my bigger ones. Gears of War. Um, you know, I had I was on Iron Man before they let the option lapse, which is one of the stupidest moves in history. I don't know. Yeah. Um. So I'm really. You know, I'm trying to think what else of the big ones I brought in. I had Phantasm for a little bit. Um, I just tried to bring in stuff that I had passion for. And my whole thing was, look, my attitude was always, everyone gets fired in this job. It's like being a baseball manager. You're going to get fired eventually. Yeah. And so I knew this. And I said, if I'm going to get fired, I'm going to get fired trying to go for it and earn getting fired. So let's get into Battle Royale for a sec because I heard everyone kind of applause. And that's one of my favorite films ever made. How the fuck did you think they were going to make that for an American audience? The, the idea was – And I think it's a genius – was there a different concept? No, it, we were going to do it. But what I wanted to do is if you remember back at the time period, you had an era where Disney was making a lot of young stars. And you know, and I got, I got to know Shia LaBeouf when he was like 17 because we had a deal with him. And I was the youngest guy there. And so I started to get, learn who a lot of these kids were through that. And so uh, Hillary Duff and Amanda Bynes. And I said, go get all these fucking kids oh, and stick oh them on the island. God. And let Hillary, oh, my God. And then Shia LaBeouf fighting Hillary fucking... Well, no, if you had Hillary <laughs> Duff seducing, like, Drake and Josh and fucking them and killing them... Like, so you would have had like, Hillary Duff as, like, the hardcore yeah, yeah, Sloma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You go like, I, oh, I, my God, dude. you gotta do. I put Paul Giamatti as a villain, and it was the most fun ever. Oh, I, I, I love dude. that sort of shit. Yeah, shoot him up, which we'll talk about we'll yeah. talk about later yeah yeah but absolutely so no so <laughs> just something like battle royale when you when you when you present that to his studio what the, what do they say the great thing about new line and really again it's one of bob's you know th- these are all complicated people okay and there's no one in this business that's not uh but one of bob's real ron great, howard great, i'm sure he's got I like torture like he's he's got bondage guy. shit in the back uh <laughs> he oh, hides, I, I don't know he that. hides clint in a chest and uh, exactly bring out bring out the gym uh 
But I think Kemp is my own brother. It just believe, got weird. I believe Clint Howard actually made that movie yeah. in 1992. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, no. And but the thing that Bob did that was great, and you know, and to Toby's credit, he did it too at the time. Toby Emmerich, you're talking about? Yeah, right? Toby, yeah, yeah. Toby was willing to take a shot at it. They just Bob always had as much as he might sort of run from, and I think what did them was chasing prestige to a certain level. These guys had exploitation roots. Okay. Bob had a role in Last House on the Left. He had a role in Pink Flamingos. Okay. Bob understood that there is uh, a dollar to be had there. And they also, I think, got, it was not hard to convince them of the notoriety and sort of the legend of that. And remember, by this point also, people were starting to pay attention to this space enough to where I would go, look, I'm at Comic-Con or wherever. Uh, I'm at the L.A., uh, uh, the, the terrible one downtown the shrine, by the shrine. Shrine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Derek and, just went there. It's terrible. It's just, it's, I love, I've gone several times. It's just not that good. Derek, tell your, uh, tell your quick anecdote about... About what the, the gentleman? Shrine? The gentleman you saw this last weekend at the shrine. Oh, uh, I went. The shrine auditorium has like a very small junkyard, yeah. like Comic Con atmosphere. And I saw a guy in a Alfred E. Newman uh, sweater that was really cool. But I looked at him and he and he had this age sadness in his face. I'm like, I don't want to turn to you. And I ran out of there. <laughs> That's what it is. It's it's like. Thank you, Derek. It's it, if you ever want to just be depressed in character yeah. watch, go to that thing. Uh. And, uh, what was my point? I'm sorry, I got lost it. I don't know, so it was just like yeah. Lori, Lori Petty oh, yeah. people. Oh yeah, but you would see it on bootleg tables. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. and You're talking was, about Battle Royale, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was at that time, you know, where Mike stuff was coming, it was not, it had not broken that wide yeah. outside of really hardcore groups. And we watched it in college and stuff, and, and so you could, could sort of put over that notoriety, there were enough articles on it, and we also frankly were lucky enough that at the time the rights holders were for the first time kind of open to it. Uh, the creator had died. Fukusa- was, Kinji Fukusa Saga died right. and his and son. I think it was Toei. I may be wrong on Toei that. Toei had the rights. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they were cool. What we did was, weirdly enough, Roy Lee, who was sort of, again, to niche marketing, had cornered a market on Asian sort of remakes. He's expanded since, but that was really his base and what built his career. Uh, I called Roy. I was friends with Roy at a good relationship. And I said, look, I know this is crazy. And I know they're never going to actually go for it. But what do you think about taking a shot? He said, well, why not? We took the shot. They were interested, and boom. Now, it's a two-year deal to get done because the Japanese uh, uh, deals are very hard. I made, I made a few of them. They, make you, sh- they make you bow a lot we, we're gonna and do drink this thing tea, right? Domo, uh, Domo with Guillermo del Toro, and the thing took two years and fell apart. Wait, like a Domo movie? No, no, not the little guy. Oh, I, I don't know you were talking about that. No, it's like it was, he wanted to do like The Shining. It was a, oh, it was okay. a manga they want to take. Look how happy Breno does. He's <laughs> like, I would rather <laughs> have the brown guy. It's a coffee cup come to life. Yeah. He's from 7-Eleven. I would watch that shit. I never heard of him until Seven Eleven. I'd seen him at comic book stores and stuff. I thought he was. I thought he was an ugly doll. Yeah, so did I. Yeah, the actual show is phenomenal. It's just this little guy running around. I only watched it on the internet, but it's like all these like stop motion and the little guy and he's like chasing little monsters and he just like roars and it's really. It's crazy. Do they run the, it's the good stuff? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're like, what are you running for, monster? He's like, my wife and yeah, my kids. Yeah, my wife, that's right. Let me tell you about, no, no, no. Burning the meals <laughs> on the whole <laughs> Yeah, stadium. right? No. Oh. So, so Freddy vs. Jason happens, um, and that's your first... F- yeah, I literally, my first movie was like my childhood And that's movie. amazing because you, cause that was that was why you wanted, it was all Freddy, I mean... Yeah, and what I really... Mean, Jason, right? It was crazy, yeah, and... uh New Line had gone through a very rough stretch prior to that. They had about seven misses in a row. 
Uh, there was a lot of internal sort of strife. The movie came out at the time was the highest horror opening of all time, which was pretty cool. Wow. Uh, and actually, where we benefited, and again, these are the sort of weird quirks of fate with movies and how nothing is guaranteed. Uh, we had a blackout on the entire eastern half of the country. If you remember, oh, it's like the biggest yeah, blackout. Living in New York, yeah, right. Yeah. And it actually drove people to movie theaters because air conditioning and such. And so we, I think it was like thirty six something. We opened and then we're number one again the next week. Everyone was like, "It's really dark when we get home. I want to watch a movie where people rape and kill." people with claws people would take nine-year-old shit. kids it was quite disturbing awesome. frankly but yeah. uh yeah. so yeah it so that movie that movie worked well and, and obviously how uh, uh, these companies work they saw that you they were like okay this guy knows what he's fucking doing yeah look again they were sort of like all right you got a little success it opened some doors and sort of really never looked back was an exact and just sort of kept going so what came next at new line from that for well, you the snakes on a plane i think was after that for, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, how did that come into your your lap as it were it was in paramount had it under like I forgot the name of it, like Venom Air or something, like that. <laughs> uh, and it was played totally straight, which is the craziest thing in the world. It was like, no, we've got the stewardess, you got to fly this plane, and you know, but done like deadly serious. Like there's snakes, and, it's a danger. Oh, it's unbelievable. And so, so people get this. Didn't they see Terminal Velocity? <laughs> yeah, right. And snakes, boom. I'm a drop zone guy. Are you? I like drop, drop zone. Guilty pleasure. Dennis, <laughs> is that the Dennis Rodman? There an, no, that's um, no, double that's team. double team. What's the one with Dennis? Okay, I'm that's double team. Jean Claude. Drop zone is the one Wesley Snipes with Wesley Snipes. And they and look like, at you, uh, racist. <laughs> Was it Dennis Rodman? I think Dennis the Rodman man has orange and some. pink hair. Um, well, and Demolition Man, that would have worked. No, yeah. yeah. And then there was a third extreme one that came out years later, which I never saw. That Derek might know. Uh, it was like all different sports. They were like ice climbers and fucking. I absolutely remember. There was a young like. It was young a young hip class. Yeah, it was. There was a blonde extreme something. I yes, like say. I think Allie Larder was in it or extreme some shit. Was in the title. What was, was it? it? Extreme days. No, you just extreme. made that up. What? Extreme ops. Was that that? Yeah. Okay. What am I thinking? Look at all that shit. Yeah, man. <laughs> Somewhere the, the writer of that's listening going, you motherfucker. No, no, no. So, so diverging from Snakes on a yeah. Plane, from a movie, from movie that actually was fun. So they had it as a serious <laughs> disaster kind of airplane peril movie. Yeah, yeah. And so they bought it on a turnaround right when I first got made. Uh, and at the time we were put into executive teams, which I don't I actually don't think is a great idea. Um, like I had this project that, uh, with Dave Chappelle, right? At his hottest, where if you've ever seen History of the World, the Mel Brooks movie, yeah. it was Dave Chappelle's History of Black People. Oh. And uh, it was. I feel like in houses all around America right now, every five minutes you're just hearing, oh, yeah, and for a movie that wasn't, you well, know what I mean? The best thing was when I tried, it was my idea, and I got Dave attached in a day. Oh. And it was the craziest thing ever, and it was a quirk. But my executive at the time didn't want to buy it. She said, he's had his shots, he's not popular. Oh and I said, God. and understand at this point, his DVD, oh, right. Right. But his DVD from the season had, and this was from TV season DVDs were just sort of popping, was number one on all the charts for like three weeks in a row. It was insane. So I had to go around her to Toby basically to go get it done. Uh, but so, you know, at the time, I think to her credit, she was like, look, you get these sort of movies. Let's, and she got on board with the idea that, what, you're gonna make a movie called Snakes on a Fucking Plane. Your tongue is, by virtue of the title, at least somewhat in cheek. And as long as I come from the Nate Leslie Nielsen school of, as long as you play it straight, but in storytelling you can have a lot of fun. And yeah, that's absolutely. where the, the reactions and shits where the fun was. And now was was was, we went Sa- for it. was Sam L always involved on that project? He got er, Bob was always like, "That's the guy. You got it. That's the guy." Perfectly. Now I think one of the great myths is. I, there was never a big complaint. They actually originally wanted to change the name. It was represent, representatives, at least. To what? Pacific Air Flight 121. 
Which is obviously what is thing. that movie about? That's a Let's soap do, opera. Maybe it's a a, a a fucking code for something. Pacific it is, Air it's Order sixty six. Path of Twin Twin. That doesn't even work. I thought it was no. like an anagram no. or what. Yeah, that's not good. And again, I think uh, once the internet took everyone was like there, but really, uh, Craig Berenson, who's one of the producers on it, was actually in Airplane. Uh, he's really? the guy that goes and picks up Robert Stack and gets humped by the dog and all that. And so, uh, that's so awesome. And so yeah, and so he was always a proponent of this version, and we luckily got that version of it done. Now, who who wound up directing it? Was it David? O- David. It Ellis. was David Ellis. It was who Ronnie did, you originally, and then David. Ellis. Who did Second Unit on Cop Out? Who I know is a really cool guy. He's yes. doing that Humpty Dumpty flick. Now, oh, yeah, the evil Humpty Dumpty. The evil Humpty Dumpty that's like an rate. alien rape baby or whatever. Uh, in, three, in 3D, David R. Ellis, yes. it's been in development. It's He's a, an auteur in Haiti. Yeah, yes, man. Yes. It's a movie about, about, uh, it's about an alien, it's about an alien mother gets raped by a bunch of hillbillies and murdered and has the baby and it's a Humpty Dumpty monster and then it goes to track down the, the, the hillbillies years later and it's in 3D. This sounds awesome. Yeah, David Ellis is onto some cool shit and he did all the, um, uh, Final game. Destination stuff. I'm just, Final Destination Two, which is and, and the four. new and the newer, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, some of four. No, totally. Um, so there was a pedigree with that. Flick. But a huge second unit guy, Master and Commander. I think a lot of that stuff. So, at what point in, the, in that film's process did uh, motherfucking snakes on a motherfucking plane happen? The were inter- you guys in the can? I'm trying to remember. I don't think it was right. I think we were fully wrapped. The thing that's because there were the reshoots movie. on that movie, right? Or if yeah, I remember yeah, we correctly, picked up closes. Definitely, the line was done as a reshoot. Um, added, well, originally there was a, a big fight to go. They wanted PG-13. We wanted R. We said, okay, if we're gonna go with R. Now understand, the PG-13, I think you get one fuck, if, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Uh, and so, we were like, well, he could say, get off, you get these motherfucking snakes off the plane. Uh, but you oh, could you couldn't even like, do that line anymore. You literally got one, right? So we shot the thing in close up, literally in like Venice, if I remember correctly. And actually, my favorite part of the thing is you never hear because people laugh when they do it. Is then he goes, "Cause I'm going to open some motherfucking windows." And, it's <laughs> ridiculous. and we just have all these. I have to revisit that takes film, of Sam yeah. doing all these different variations—and Keenan landing the plane and stuff—and how does he do it? Making a PlayStation and stuff. And <laughs> by that point, they were willing to embrace it and sort of go for it. And I ultimately. You know, I went to Fox. The first thing Tom Rothman said to me is he goes, you're snakes on a plane guy, right? I go, yeah. He goes, why the hell didn't you guys move that movie up? And he's dead right. The movie was done for like four months. It was that, and, and, and you, and that film, and like, uh, you're, I'm, it's cool that we're so open to talk about, yeah. you know what I mean? That film has kind of become a catchphrase for, uh, letting the hype build. Well, here's the irony. Letting, letting the hype go on for too long before, yeah. right? And, that, and look, you've got to take advantage of this stuff. And again. Like, what was it? Six months between it getting viral? Probably, sure. By that point, sure. Before actual release, might have even been longer. It's an, yeah. The other issue that really hurt the movie, and in hindsight, I know they regret this, because again, we gotta realize something people don't get is, it's actually a pretty profitable movie. Had, it was still gonna, how cheap is that to shoot? It's 30, but it was in a period where DVD actually could do alright. And I believe, last time I checked, I think we'd done like Blade 2 DVD numbers. Don't quote me, I think it was something around there. But that had like, done triple our gross. So we did pretty well. Somewhere Guillermo's got like a dartboard with a fucking snake right. on well, it. Yeah, he made plenty of money ultimately <laughs> no, yeah, too. Yeah. But the real issue there was, if you go look at the movie, it's actually pretty well on Rotten Tomatoes and it was actually New York Times gave it it's a good fun. review. I remember seeing it. Yeah. It delivered on the premise, I think. And ultimately, uh, I think the studio, very frankly, never understood that it actually worked. And we're running from it. And that's why waiting until opening night to not show the movie. They didn't do any press. No, they were very, they ran for I remember, it. yeah. And I think then when they got the good reviews, they were taken by surprise and could not hustle quick enough. And they would say to you literally, well, it's a second week movie. There is no such thing. 
You know by lunchtime Friday it's, what it's your that, movie's Which doing. is so fucking ridiculous. It no, was, it's good. It, it, you th- it, but it, well, it's so weird compared to when I grew up when like movies would be out forever. Ten weeks. I saw Ninja Turtles literally like six times there's no, the theater there's no such thing over the course or, of six or, months. Or, or a platform film anymore. It just, it's you're boom. Gonna, you're going to be a point. Look, should, should multi-tier day and date come which is probably a, we're a slow crawl towards Meaning what? that anyway. Look, the way you consume movies now is, is changing fundamentally, okay? Both at ticket price and the demands of the audience. I want it when I want it, where I want it, how I want it. Uh, and even the strategies you see studios employing. I think any of you that are sitting in this audience probably, I'd be, I'd be surprised if any of you have said your film habits have not changed at some level in terms of how you get your media, what you're I streaming. don't go to fucking movie theaters anymore. Right. Because you know, I've got a window that has shrunk to two months in some cases or, or yeah. around there where you know you're going to get it. And it's another reason why, look, DVD is getting slaughtered. The cable sell through model is gone. DVD is getting sold by, by Blu-ray or just Pir- piracy. Price point Netflix. So you're considering Blu-ray and DVD part and parcel the same thing? Blu-ray is a con. Blu-ray is a transitory technology. It's the same fucking thing. Yeah. So you're saying DVD sales in a whole, including Blu-ray sales? I had dinner last Thursday night with a former head of uh, a home video division, very well-regarded home entertainment guy. He says the physical media price point for DVDs ultimately will drop to $4 a unit. Wow. Yeah. Now, here's the other thing. Put me in a fucking fifth element cryo sleep till that happens. I dropped like 200 bucks at Best Buy yesterday. How many of you guys have Netflix? Probably the the bulk of you, right? Okay, here's Netflix's problem. The Netflix bubble is going to make the DVD bubble look like it lasted 50 years. Why? Netflix doesn't own anything. The studios own all of that stuff. And they're not going to continue to make bad deals with Netflix that actually devalue their unit price. They're businessmen. Rightly or wrongly, they are. And so they're going to sit here and look at different ways. And I think maybe they have a, many of them have bought into Blockbuster. You may see that become the thing. But like, you see it now. Inception, which is, by the way, underperforming its DVD expectations. It is, right? Internally, absolutely. Which is, which is weird. Well. Well, it's not because, the, because consumers now are saying, why am I even going to, it used to be, well, why pay this in a theater when I can buy it for 15 on DVD? Net. Now it's, why should I do that when I can get it on Netflix streaming onto my, my Xbox, my app enabled television. You can't put the sh- you can't put the case on your shelf and then jerk off to that's it. That's a, that is a, that's your, their hope is that's that the there geek? are plenty of people like you. And they're, and they're right. There, are, there aren't a lot of us, but I we're think, there. I think you overestimate. We're a dying breed. No, I, and, and I agree with you because I'll I be know, buying that shit. I know, Not, like, like, I'm, at, I'm at the point where if there's a movie that comes out I want, like, I, I'd, I'd go look for Exit for the Gift Shop came out on DVD yesterday, and the Best Buy had had fucking two copies in total. It took me 40 minutes to find one. I could have easily bought it on iTunes instantly. You, you could have gone on the Pirate Bay. I know exactly where you could have gone. Everyone, but I want, I'm a geek. I'm a collector. Well, I wanted well, to have the fucking Banksy glasses. I heard a guy say, I saw hunting there. All right, show of hands. How many of you in the room here? You've got a lovely audience at the Smodcast, so you can't see it. I was so actually about to bring this up, too. Radio. All right, how many of you, uh, over the past year, be honest, have streamed a movie, streamed a boxing or pay-per-view event, uh, downloaded a movie on BitTorrent? Okay. Yes. Yeah, so all but was that one person. So you're like, you're a saint. You're a fucking lady. liar. Liars. No, or you're a liar, most likely. And God bless you. But ultimately, this is the issue. Okay. And what you guys, I think, have to understand, and what geeks have to understand, and why you see the remakes and you're seeing the things that I think are ultimately hurting the cause to a certain level is when you do a PNL, which is how you get a movie greenlit. No one talks about this. Okay. You're putting in PNL standing for what? Profit and loss statement. Okay. Okay. Where they're actually before the movie even gets greenlit, they're saying what can we possibly we can make sell on this, this movie? Bolivia, what can we lose on this movie? We can take cop out, and we know Kevin Smith travels or great. Bruce sells great in fucking right. Estonia or some yes. shit, and that's a guaranteed this much to the budget. I mean, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so they'll go home. We you know we have an airline play, we have a home entertainment play, etc. Well, understand, okay, that you've had if this is a table, all right, 
Your cable sell-through model, that's a table leg. Well, that's basically decimated. And DVD, which covered up a lot of mistakes for a lot of years and really is responsible for a lot of movies getting made, a lot of mine particularly, has been destroyed at, at, a, at an increasing Some people's level. entire careers are based on the DVD right. market. And yeah. so understand now that like the music business before us, we're going through a fundamental change. And with those two table legs knocked down, You've got to find a new way to do this business. And that's why worldwide day and date, probably multi-tier eventually, pay-per-view pricing, studios buying theaters again. These things are all going to be on the table. Is that why there's that box I heard about on the radio where the box itself costs $50,000 and you can buy a movie for 500 bucks day and date? Like, are people actually going to buy that? There are people that will. I don't think it will That's settle insane. there. But let me ask you a question. But you're, it is, so a, wait, it is an inroad. I get, I get it. Like, it's a start. So you're explain a, you're that. You're a wrestling fan. Yeah, I'm a you wrestling fan. bought a wrestling fan. pay-per-view. I have day. bought a wrestling you pay-per-view. You probably paid 40 bucks for that pay-per-view. Yeah. Now, let me ask you a question. Spider-Man the reboot comes out. You guys want to see Spider-Man the reboot? You got a big screen TV. Your friend does. Hey, you bring the pizza. You bring the beer. You bring this. Everybody toss it. 40 bucks. If I did it like old school, then I guess you're right. I, if it was like, but 500s. Beyond me, no, at this it won't point. be that. That that's a select okay, thing. Okay, but if it was fifty thing. bucks and I could get ten friends to come and we could watch opening night movie in my house, you get yeah. to keep it forever. No, they'll figure out a way to twenty four hour. It'll be like DivX if you remember that technology. Yeah. Oh God, and that went over really great. But again, keep in mind why did why did DivX die? DivX died because it didn't have letterboxing or special features, which really yeah. adopters wanted, and also it came out at a time where it was. Wait, you're gonna keep my credit card on file? Yeah, it was yeah. nuts. People and it was proprietary, no like. To certain outlets and like a lot yeah, of Circuit City, wasn't Circuit it? City yeah. and I think so good guys. Going further, what we just kind of discussed a little bit. Uh, do you think is it? Do you what percent? Do you think piracy is the major? I think it's a perfect storm. You've got an economy that is tanked at a worldwide level. You've got piracy. Okay, I would argue streaming piracy is probably more dangerous than BitTorrent. Torrents, yeah. Point. I still uh, hear people talking about torrents. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking that's about? Yesterday's tube sites and yeah. shit. Like, you stream uh, anything you want for free. And it's, yeah. for, and it's for a remarkable piece of technology, but this is an issue. Okay, it's Netflix modeling. Okay, it's all, and really the fact that the businesses went from what would be called a rent-through model to a sell-through model because DVD boomed. People said, we want to collect this. We want to put it on our, I want the Criterion Collection edition of the I Rock. do. Okay. And then, oh, which they have. <laughs> he didn't even need to hear what the movie was. Yeah, by the way, watched. and by the way, they're great and there will always be an audience like with the hard, I don't, I, I'm a comic fan. I never buy the hundred dollars. The absolute. Or anything. No, but people do. All the time. Okay. Yeah. But it's, it is a niche audience. Yeah. It's not necessarily the most mainstream audience. It's the same reason why country music sells a lot of the time on CD instead of Which digital. is still the only, and it's the yeah. only industry that's still selling fucking well, actual DVDs. It's, it's, it's the, uh, CDs, well, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's why VHS stayed around for so long. Disney movies. When I went into right. when I was living in the Midwest, you go to Walmart in Missouri. This was in 2005. There, you could buy VHS copies of everything, and people were buying them. But that will and, spread. And, it yeah. will spread. And and ultimately, it's it is a perfect storm of these things, compounded by the fact that really it costs more to release a movie than it's ever cost. You can make a movie for a million; you're still going to spend 25 minimum to sell it. Okay. Yeah. All right. You've also got now international, which by the way has piracy issues of its own. Okay. And that's where most, most of the things that are coming out are from Russia. Right. Asia's got a ton of this stuff too, and you can't even get into China with half the movies. So it, the business model is going through a level of shift that is really a once in a multi-generational thing. Now, people are going to get hurt in that. There are going to be tremendous opportunities in that. Uh, and ultimately, you know, that's why I quit my job because I think I saw it coming. And that's do you, and we'll get back to that job you quit in a second, but do yeah. you think it will change the way we, Make movies not as commerce, but as an art form. Do you think we'll see? 
do you think it'll hurt or help the fact that that it's it's every it's kind of open to everyone now? It seems like it's going to be in, anyone can fucking make a movie and distribute it any way they want and just. Look, I, I would say in the short term, it's not going to be a period for. You always have good movies that are going to come and bubble through. In the short term, everything is. It's got to be what they would call pre-awareness guaranteed, based material. Guaranteed fucking It's not hit, even guaranteed. Right? Again, let's look at Tron as an example, which is a movie for – it's a $200 million movie that is tracking strongly with men and really, at least until I see tomorrow's numbers, really non-existent with women. It's, it's single digits with women still. I see a guy nodding. You're in the business. I take it. You know this. All right. So if you spent $200 million negative cost on a movie – Probably a hundred, and I might be being conservative on and the market. Ad- advertise, and so that's three hundred. So that's three hundred plus million or up to. Okay, and now you have basically made a two a a two quad movie for a four quad production and marketing spend. Why? Because pre awareness. We need pre awareness. And the, what did you go and make? You made a two hundred million dollar movie of a movie that was not overly successful the first time. And that, and that fucking the argument that the, the, the demographic they're looking for to buy the tickets doesn't even fucking know the first movie exists. Right. And and I think and more fifteen year old kids don't know what fucking Tron is. Right. And by the way, I'm thirty two. I have shouldn't. no great affection for it. Yeah. It, I mean, it's never like I. And you saw it. And you saw it when the te- did you see it as a kid when when it was new? Sure, yeah. So that's the one kind of fucking thing that people say, oh, what was the technology at the time? You were there at the time. Was it that fucking cool? It's a hugely influential movie. It's not a great movie. And we can, and I think what happened. Someone happens, disagrees honestly, with you somewhere else. That's right. <laughs> no! Sorry, man. There's Bruce Boxleitner outside. Um, but I think, look, I think. Bruce we, Boxleitner, he's always hanging outside. We don't let him I in. I think we have a tendency to do this as geeks a lot of the time. We elevate movies that are not. Oh, yeah. Movies. I mean, and also, that's our part of what we have do. been lowered as well. That's the Star Wars prequel. I'm trying to say Gremlins yeah. 2 is not one of the 10 best films like of the movie, 90s. Actually. I prefer it to Gremlins 1, actually. Wow. Yeah. I do. I like Christopher Lee in The Splice of Life and Daniel Clamp. I love that movie. Oh, man. Yeah. Hulk Hogan cameo? Come on. Hulk Hogan cameo is great. That's a good cameo. So, so, so everything's going to be different, and that's why you you kind of left when you did. Again. And so you were you were uh, a VP of development at Fox, right? Yeah, I you got poached from, over from New Line after Fox. Snakes. No, after Shoot 'Em Up. After Shoot 'Em Up, let's get into Shoot 'Em Up for a second because I don't think that's a film that gets nearly enough attention. I love that fucking movie. Thank you. It's, it's got a awesome. weird. Cult, Have you guys man. all seen Shoot 'Em Up? Anyone yeah. seen Shoot 'Em Up? It's got a weird cult. It's yeah. um, yeah. In, it's yeah. it's in in. <laughs> You're not wrong. Dude, I remember I I didn't see it in theaters like no like yeah nobody did you you in the bulk of the country ironically I got it on Blu-ray it was one of the first five Blu-rays I bought because it had just it was an early Blu-ray it was a really early Blu-ray and I remember sticking it in and within I remember I had I do I'm a fucking geek and I'm OCD and I'm a stoner so it's all three combined so. I I do something where if I really really like a scene in a movie, I'll rewind it and watch it again like forty times in a row until I'm satiated. I watched the opening with the carrot about fifty times because I realized at like the forty second mark of this movie, it stops and it doesn't fucking stop. I, excuse me, it starts and it doesn't stop. It was like a cr- crazy cartoon fucking that was thing. The, it was a Looney Tunes cartoon with exactly. Clive Owen, who was a fantastic actor, and never like I was like, holy shit, it's Clive Owen and Paul Giamatti. Um. And in a world where it was, I think, and I say it was the first, and I've, I've, I've debated this many a time, but it's, there was a gun porn trend there for a while. There was, um, smoking aces and wanted and, and red and all this other shit. But in a world where shoot 'em up exists, those don't fucking count to me because it will never, that movie is the most like frenetic, crazy, fucking cocaine. 
<laughs> it's it's look that's Michael Davis is a kooky guy and that's a guy I love him as a kooky guy uh, and there's like YouTube like tribute that's the craziest I Did have a weird cult because I'm not I, aware of it I, I, I just know comics, I love it yeah. oddly enough and I don't do them that often when I go to sign my books or shit and I get DVDs it's the one I get the most ironically you shoot them up weirdly you know what happened I think it's on cable all the time <laughs> It's just uh, such a weird fucking. It's just Paul Giamatti acting. Like it's everything about the movie is just so odd, but it works. It it, it knows exactly what it's supposed to be. You I wanted I mean? to make a movie that if you showed up, went into your dorm room drunk or wasted at night, you could flip it on in the middle of it and go, "Oh, I like this sequence," and it would keep. You're it. like he's fucking a chick while shooting a guy. I could watch that and then turn away. You know what I mean? Yeah, her, her orgasm bu- saves his life. Totally. The <laughs> fact the fact that he is a capable lover ultimately redeems him. That is that. Is that's Clive Owen in real life too. Incidentally yeah. enough, uh, he's been word. dead many yes. times over. Yes. Fucking- uh, but yeah, and again, look, you get to make Paul Giamatti a bad guy and. Again, I, like I said, I wanted to take risks. That was how I personally viewed it. And, uh, and I thought there's playing it safe doesn't do anybody any for you might rise to middle management, but, uh, I'd rather fail going for it. And I've had plenty of failures, but I believe successful people take failure. They examine it. They learn from, and they move the fuck on. Fortune favors the bold. You don't, you don't dwell shit. on yeah, that no, stuff. Totally, I, I learned that again, getting my radio show canceled at a young age. So I had an advantage. You got lucky. I feel like you, you, the one lesson you should take away from this show is like, let horrible shit happen to young kids. <laughs> Just put them in really bad situations, folks, and let them fucking uh, fend you, for you, themselves. Learning, learning to get back <laughs> up is a real critical skill, and it's why, frankly, people, if they are, what used to go through that, I'm an assistant, I'm a junior executive, whatever, are stuck on that track is because the fear of the unknown of yeah. losing a job. Of leaving that. Right. Yeah. And in this business where you're, you're, you're almost, you're defined by your job to a large level, which I never understood. I always thought was kind of ridiculous. Uh, you know, it, that scares people. And I just wasn't wired that way, I guess, ultimately. So shoot him up happened. For good or ill. Shoot him up happened was the last new line flick. Yeah. I did a little movie called Normal Adolescent Behavior. It's on Lifetime all the time. It's my best reviewed movie in Normal no Adolescent Behavior. It's like a teen sex movie, uh, where Kelly, Amber Tamblin, Kelly Garner shows her vagina. That's my big contribution to cinema. You, there you go. Thank <laughs> yes, I got applause. The Kelly Garner fan, Lars and the real girl fan in the booth. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so that happened and you, and now you're at Fox, uh, with Rothman. You're working, you're, you're a VP of development. I get a call one day. I wasn't even, I, I was planning, <laughs> they were at this point pressuring me at New Line. Excuse right? me for one sec. I just had to cough, but for some reason I moved the microphone closer to my mouth for that one. It's all right. No, I, I coughed into that. Let the poison out. It's yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Go I got the poison yeah, out. Yeah, Someone uh, heard Stern this week. Yes, I, that today was phenomenal. <laughs> uh, um, but I was at this point at New Line. You had had the whole remake thing start of starting. Uh, we had tried to do Freddy versus Jason versus Ash, Bruce Campbell's character from Evil Dead. Let's talk about uh, that, sir, because yeah, so, because that wound up being a comic book. Were you involved? I wrote it. You yeah, wrote yeah, the comic yeah, book, yeah, right? Yeah, I wrote absolutely. the treatment for the movie. So you wrote Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. That was my idea. Look, that was my Groves High School class. And project. now that it all makes okay. sense, because you're from the same town as I mean, and it's the movie that Bruce Campbell insists was never going to happen. That's bullshit. He was the first person I went to. I took him to dinner at Chaya. You're in the industry. You know that place. I'm sure you had drinks there. <laughs> like, come on. So what? So, Absolutely, it's bullshit. Freddy versus Jason versus motherfucking Ash. What was it going to be? How did it not happen? Okay. Let's let's because I think a lot of people when I mentioned you were coming on the show, I got a lot of emails. That's the dream about Freddy versus Jason versus Ash because that's geek holy grail. Uh, the, that was like Batman vs. Predator. Remember that? Yeah, I do remember that. Sandy Collar. That was fucking awesome. Batman uh, Dead End. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who played the Joker in that? Oh, shit. No clue. The late, uh, what's Chekhov's kid? Boner. Yeah, from, that was uh, Boner. Yeah. Was it really? Sylvester yeah. Stabone. Koenig. Andrew Koenig. Right on. The late Andrew Yeah, Stabone. who died very recently. Yeah, yeah. In a park. That was Boner. It's like something out of Troll. That was something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, 
they got five people in the audience. Got that. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, this was before the movie had even come out. I said, if we do a sequel, before Freddy vs. Jason had come out. Yeah, I said, if you're going to do a sequel, you can't. They're like, what well, do you get, Michael Myers? Do you get Pinhead? They don't work. Okay, if you're going to do this, the whole thing that has hurt Freddy and Jason for years, and if you people that like continuity in those movies, Freddy was defined by Nancy or Alice, who were heroes that people like, mm-hmm. which is a rare thing in horror movies, and Jason, it was Tommy Jarvis. Okay, I said, you have not had a hero that people give a shit about against these guys, and there's only one guy. And remember, at this point, Anchor Bay had just over the last several years put Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness back out. About a million times. And they've been doing... Book of the Dead edition. And the fucking bootleg releases and all. There there were 20 editions of Army of Darkness. Boomstick. I have the Boomstick one and the paper bag one. I have have the the bootleg British one that looks like it's someone handwritten the Bruce Bruce Campbell versus Army of the Darkness cut. I had that one too. And uh, I knew the guys that ran Anchor Bay from from Michigan, so I used to get all that shit comped and it was awesome and i loved all that's what i grew up on and so also a little known thing in jason goes to hell which is the movie where the glove pulls freddy freddy's glove pulls jason's mask down the necronomicon is in the movie as a little in joke the fuck out Absolutely. of here where as is the crate from creep show and a couple other things Ooh. yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Dude, so it was set up. <laughs> I think you're blowing minds right now. That's, that's, <laughs> we had an that's actual, what I do. Folks. We had a porn star on our show last week, and this and like you're the one who's making people be like, <gasps> well, I, I I will shoot ping pongs out of my vagina, <laughs> shortly, so don't worry. Um, so the never, so you were like the Necronomicon's in there. I got a fucking movie already. It was sitting right there. Bruce was sort of you're like, if you're gonna flaunt it at me, I'm gonna use it, cocksucker. Um, and so I wrote a treatment. I gave it to the bosses. The bosses okayed it. Frankly, pretty quickly in terms of like, it's not bad, right? The movie comes out. Movie works. And at that point, Freddy vs. Jason does well. It does comes it, out. You works said it was the biggest horror opening. Time, yeah. Like, you know, they were always at this point kind of like, we want to get away from these movies, but wow, it worked. We got to do a sequel. What do we do? I said, this is it. Gave them the treatment. They got into it. Also, Sam Raimi at this point, I think, uh, was, had meant enough overseas where the idea of it, cause New Line was a foreign sales. Had he done the company. gift yet and shit like that? I think it might have actually, the gift was after the first Spider-Man, wasn't it? No, it was no, before. before. It was the flick okay. before, yeah. Uh, for the love of the game, then yeah. the gift, then Spider-Man? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, a simple plan I don't, was in there right, somewhere. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think he had done Spider-Man cause that was like 2001 or something, right? No, yeah. yeah. Alright, so, uh, oh no, what did he, that was out, I'm sorry, cause we're 2003. Okay. So he had meant enough internationally to where the, the international distributors for us were like, oh yeah, absolutely. Numbers look good on the PNL again, driven again by home entertainment. So if it was in this culture, they might not do as well. But they were uh, like, it's Ash. We know we can sell DVDs I to a movie. I tell them who he was and explain and do the whole thing. Did they not know? No, but they got it quickly. They they understood. Like when you first thing. brought up the concept of Freddy vs. Jason vs. Ash, they're like, that's great. Who's Ash? Yeah, sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, Ash Ketchum from Pokemon, which was, is something uh, I want to fucking see. I th- just, there was history there, though, where Bob had had a bad deal with Sam on, I think, the first Evil Dead they used to call him Bob Shady, okay? <laughs> uh, and so there was some history that we had to broach. And ultimately, you know, the first thing I did is go, before I went to anybody else, was go to Bruce, took him to drinks, said, here's what it is. By the way, you're going to beat them, okay? So Ash would have won. Of course. Of course. Yeah. And That's by the way, awesome. would it have stopped us from making another one? Would you have actually killed me? I mean... No, but he, the way I wrote it, he drove off with Jay, Freddy's glove dangling on his rearview mirror in a <laughs> fucking car, yeah. Dude. And we had everything fat. Fresh fought, uh, Ash fought the jump rope girls. I mean, it was a real... Ash fought the jump rope girls? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He beats the fuck out of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, you know, and so... So everything's I, I looking a, good? It was a love letter. And then, as is the nature of the beast, 
business gets in the way. And at that time, Sam was hot enough. He said, well, we want specific territories. We want, you know, you would go all over the map and the deal just didn't, couldn't. We want it. Ivan in the movie at some point. Well, I think no, they would have, they had a piece of it anyway, just by virtue no, yeah, of yeah, yeah. I mean, it by. And would everyone would deal, it was, it was, the original one was De Laurentiis, right? Or well, no? No, the second one I think was Dino. The first one, Bob I think did have a small piece of it, or at least at one point did. Uh, and Dino definitely was three. three. I'm trying to remember if you had a piece of But you were in the free and clear. You had the rights to Ash, Jason, and Freddie at the same Sa- time. At the same time. Yeah. But you were in the talks to get them together. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We were negotiated for a year. Oh, it was very close. Who would, uh, it would have been, uh, England, obviously, as Freddie. It would have been, been England. We probably would have brought Ken back and then, uh, and then with Bruce. But again, like, I, I went to Bruce to sell him on uh, it first. The idea that Bruce goes around and says all the time it didn't have I'll be very frank with you. Bruce lies all the time. Uh, and breaking hearts here. I'm sorry. Uh, a lot of your heroes are Yeah, what happened shit. with fucking Bu- uh, What happened with Bubba Hotep 2, dude? I have that also. What do you mean? What? Bubba Hotep 2. Bubba Nosferatu. That was you also? Who put Paul Giamatti in the movie? Me. What the fuck is going oh on here, God. man? All right. That was Bob Bernie wanted to make that movie. We couldn't so get this is after Freddy vs. Jason vs. Ash. This is towards the end of my new line run. Yeah. And and whoever, whoever hasn't seen Bubba Hotep, Bubba Hotep is a film with Bruce great uh, movie, great movie. Awesome. Campbell, Ossie Davis. Uh, I, tried, I tried to get New Line to distribute the movie. I knew Don just because I was a Phantasm fan and wanted Phantasm and had taken you know, gotten to know Don over the years. And Don, I got lucky because filmmakers liked me because they knew I was a genuine fan and I could you know you, they could sniff that stuff. Yeah, out. yeah, absolutely. We had a marketing executive get fired at New Line specifically because Peter Jackson didn't believe he had read Lord of the Rings, quizzed him on it in a meeting, and the guy failed entirely. <laughs> Brendo, we'd be in. He left, he, would be he, in. Left, he left to go focus on his directing and has Peter not been heard from since. That's uh, so fucking great. It. That's so great. So, uh, Freddy, Freddy Bruce Jason Bruce Ash falls apart. Two movies with Bruce Campbell now, it seems like. I tried, I did everything I could to make Bruce a bigger star and frankly got kicked in the nuts for it consistently. He's never been the lead in a film other we, than the we, Evil I Dead. I gave him film. a meeting oh, with the president. I gave him a meeting with the president of production at New Line. Show me another executive that was doing that in that era. For Bruce Campbell. I'm not trying yeah. to jerk myself off. No, 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 totally, yeah. man. And ultimately, uh, look, we designed a role for him in Snakes on a Plane. He strung us along and then passed on it. Dude. Okay? Uh, I like, Bruce is one of the guys I grew, I had his autographed picture in my room as a kid. So I don't tell you this for any jollies. I actually quite had affection for the guy. I never would have pursued these projects otherwise. I think you can hear me, I think, pretty clearly. I'm no, totally. pretty passionate about these things. And again, we turned at Freddy Jason Ash into a comic, and then we did the sequel, by the way, where they just, uh, we got to reunite him with Tommy Jarvis and Nancy and shit, and they fight, they destroy the Washington Mall, uh, the National Mall. But, uh, <laughs> the comics are awesome. But I I tr- Don Coscarelli wrote a, made a great movie with Bubba Hotep, and it actually made money as a legitimate it did, independent. As a little indie. It roadshowed. It was and, like uh, the movie model you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. It did, and that was what they seem to be doing now. The, um, uh, on demand releases, a lot of films are going with, like the paranormal activity shit. But this was even predating that. This, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. This was, cause I remember, I saw that in theaters, Bubba Hotel. I think I remember, yeah. released it, if I remember correctly. So, Don writes an awesome script that is both a prequel and a sequel to Bubba Hotep called Bubba Nosferatu, Curse of the She Vampires. <laughs> and what ends up happening is we're about to go make Shoot 'em Up. And Paul Giamatti gets nominated for Sideways. And the Variety uh, would do a thing every year called, like, the nominees. And they'd do little featurettes on everybody. So they interview Paul Giamatti. They say, what filmmaker do you most want to work with? And he says, well, Don Coscarelli. <laughs> Bubba Hotep's the most imaginative film I've seen in years. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. I'm making a movie with this guy in a month. I know Don Coscarelli quite well. This should be pretty doable. Get them together. They love each other. In fact, Paul just did Don's movie he just directed. And uh, they hit it off, and Don writes a script that is designed. Basically, the premise of this movie is... Because Ozzy's dead. Ozzy dies in real life. In real life. Yeah, yeah. The premise is awesome. The premise of this movie 
at the very end of Bubba Hotep, because you think Elvis has died, okay? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And Ella James, Ella James, Elvis saves him, okay? And he gets an invite to be put up for life at the Grand Dauphin Memorial Rest Home in New Orleans, Louisiana. And old Elvis can't remember why, but he's like, Louisiana, man, I, something about that don't, don't sound right. I don't remember New Orleans, something in my head, but it's foggy, man. And he basically ends up flashing back, and you realize that there was a hidden Elvis movie that got made that got shelved in his contract player days because they had vampire problems. And Elvis and the Memphis Mafia, his good old boys he used to hang out with, had to whoop some vampire ass. Okay? And leading the vampires was Colonel Parker, Elvis's old manager, played by Paul Giamatti. <laughs> the lead vampire, played by The Rock. Oh! oh. Do you hear? It sounds like people are fucking in here. And <laughs> They were so excited. you want to know what happened? Bruce Campbell passed because he had script issues. Now, I've seen several Bruce Campbell films. What's his issue, that there's a fucking script and he wants I, to sleep I, all day? You know. <laughs> He's like, my issue is it just gets in the way with, with me not Walter working. Walter Koenigy, Moonbase or whatever that yeah, thing yeah. is. Moontrap. I've seen Moontrap. Where were the concerns for that? I think, honestly, and again, I hate saying this. I saw My Name is Bruce or right. whatever. I think at some called. level, I don't know if he felt that it was not going to be his movie, which is inaccurate. It was, he, he, again, beats them. Uh, or he didn't want to, he was scared. I don't know. But I think Don and, I don't know if the, where their relationship is. At the time, it certainly set that back. And they, I think, have since gone and put Ron Perlman in the movie, which is not the same, frankly. Oh, uh, oh you're talking to the wrong but, dude here. You might have just Elvis? Sal- I mean, is he, he Elvis? is anybody. Does, is he dressed like, as Hellboy, too? I like Ron, but I mean, is he really, Bruce, it would have been Ron. Performance no, Bruce you're right. Story. It would have been Ron Perlman as Elvis. Right. That's the best performance of Bruce. Doesn't really work as like a six foot seven Jewish no. guy from fucking and, Brooklyn. And, and and I think that ultimately we had Bob Bernie, who was with us at the time, a new line, loved it, wanted to make it, and it would have, I think, got the numbers weren't great, but Bob wanted to push it through, well, and Bruce at a certain level killed it. The maddening thing is, it it. it I'm sorry to tell you guys, that this Bruce seemed to have had a chance at another Ash. Like this could have been his second fucking. Go I gave around. him as good because that was the best will he'd had for a movie. No one, you know what I mean? Like, uh, my brother's 21 years old. He has no fucking clue who Bruce Campbell is, or he's not a geek. He doesn't know what the Evil Dead films are. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's the geeks that keep that alive, kind of, and I don't know. He'll work for the rest of his life. He is an engaging performer. They're doing yeah, like Spider-Man for notice with him. I, look, I, again, this is a guy, his dad and my mom directed plays together. So I only entered into this stuff as a fan. No, yeah, yeah, totally. And again, but you have to understand, this is the business. What's another story like that? Another bummer kind of thing or something you had in development? Uh, give us, now that you know what kind of crowd we're playing to, yeah, what's, sure. an, what's another, what's another geek okay. fucking dream film that um, almost got made? All right. Well, we tried to do J.J. Abrams Phantasm at one point, but the timing didn't work out. Uh, that was just again, and JJ was busy. Yeah, it's yeah. nobody's fault. Um, I think certainly they'll appreciate this in light of the Wolverine discussion. Uh, when Which I was at Fox, to, yeah. or so when I was at New Line, I didn't work on Blade Three, but I put Triple H in it, and I, my friend Kale Boyder was the exec on it, and so they'd say, "We are watching, give me some notes or whatever." Um, and Ryan Reynolds was clearly like popping, and again by that point, Wesley Snipes, Doctor Wesley Snipes, excuse me. Uh, <laughs> have I told you that story before? No. Okay, so Wesley Snipes, uh, Blade 3 is the guy. performed a surgery? Yeah, you'll know, love this. So Wesley Snipes is, uh, he's in jail, so he can't hurt me now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, 
got two stories. Remind me, remind me, please, when I get done, I'll tell the Jose Canseco Oliver Stone Absolutely. story. Absolutely. Oh right. my God. So Who else is in jail? It's fucking Wes- Wesley Snipes, uh, Blade 3 is a really tough shoot. Okay. And because Wesley didn't, I don't know if you read the script before he went in, but it's clear that like, you know, they're bringing Ryan and Jessica in for a reason, Wesley, because you're a pain in the ass. And, uh, clearly they were going to inherit the franchise. And the joke it was going to be the wolf, uh, Hannibal and whatever. Yeah, uh, the Night Stalkers, I think they were going to call it or something. Yeah, like yeah. That, something like that. But the, the, um, <laughs> Wesley at some point figures out, well, shit, they're cutting me out of this thing. Refuses to come out to scenes. I think puts Goyer in like a headlock. Triple H has to go walk him to the bathroom and wait outside like this and stuff. And it was to a Goyer to. Well, he was an asshole to Goyer who he had known on the <laughs> Triple H had to be like Goyer's like bodyguard from Wesley like Snipes. Standing Sentry. Wesley Snipes would walk by. He'd be like looking around like, and you see Triple H and slowly slink. He didn't fuck away. with Triple H. I know that for. A <laughs> That's bit. what I'm saying. Uh, uh, and I th- and they gave him a real hassle. For he was a dick to Ryan and he was you know all around. And and the joke is, by the way, if you watched Blade Three, half the scenes you're not going to see his face. It's his stunt double, a guy named Clay, and the joke was the movie is shot in claymation. <laughs> uh, and so you're saying Patton Oswalt has more screen time than Wesley Snipes? And he Blade does, III. probably legitimately. Natasha That's awesome. Leone and she dies. Um, Chris Christopherson's killed in like the first five minutes. But they, um, a couple months later, I think he tries to sue or whatever. He's raising hell. We get a letter <laughs> from him, but it's from his attorney. The letterhead says Doctor Wesley T. Snipes. I believe it was T. Don't quote me on that. And we're like, Dr. Wesley, Dr. Wesley Snipes. T. Snipes, right? And I think I'm like, did he, was he a porn guy in the 90s? What is this? And we look at this thing and the letter says, so all the correspondence never refers, always refers to him as Dr. Wesley T. Snipes, parentheses, artist. Wow. All right. And that was just sort of, now the only one that's as good as that is we also, when Ben Kingsley got knighted, we all got letters that said, please address all offers, correspondence, Dinner invitations. What are you, come and on to Sir, to Sir Ben Kingsley. And I said, Sir Ben Kingsley, I love you in Blood Rain. <laughs> <laughs> Blow it out your ass. Or Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> yeah. the movie. Yeah, yeah. See, Was Wesley that. Snipes one of those dudes? That got like an honorary degree somewhere and like and actually like thought it was yes, real. He went in and, uh, like, yes, I think that's what it was. He's he's like, like, he, I'm a doctor now. He's like, I'm a doctor in avoiding taxes. But I'm boom. And the sad thing was, he was actually a really good actor for a long run. Yeah. And uh, he's Simon Phoenix, dude. Oh, he's John. Totally. He's Simon Phoenix. He's Willie Mays Hayes. Yeah, dude. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know. So, so what you're saying? So. Wh- out, but you you just mentioned that so after you something with Ryan after yeah yeah so uh, after that movie we were like well Ryan's great and he's gonna pop and again Ryan's a guy that did not pop the town's been sort of pushing Ryan for I think a that bit. was the first time I ever saw him in a movie and knew his and, name and he's was great Blade and Ryan's three. look Ryan's a great guy actually I'm seeing him next week he's a, one of my favorite people in town bring him by but Rob, by the <laughs> way I'm sure come Green Lantern time you may get yeah. that but Ryan you know is a guy who I think's appeal is women find him attractive but guys are not threatened by him. They'd have a beer with Ryan. Yeah, totally. He's a very likable guy. And we looked at this. I said, Especially well, now that he broke up with Scarlett Johansson well, again. Way more uh, likable. Uh, and I said, uh, and we went to the studio and said, guys, Ryan's going to pop. We're doing business with Marvel already. There's a great character called Deadpool that we should go get, and Goyer will write it. And so this Ryan is after Blade. Blade 3. This is way oh, yeah, before yeah, yeah, fucking Origins. Oh, I knew Deadpool had a mouth, buddy. Believe me. I would not have, <laughs> let me ask you a question. Would I have quit my job yeah. with the, arguably the biggest movie of my career coming out if I thought it was going to do me any good? Is, Let's be honest. So that, that's what you're, that's what you're, so Wolverine was coming out and you were like, I'm I out. I knew the deal. I was hired <laughs> to do a certain thing with great luck. I like the people at Fox very much. And I think Tom Rothman gets a bad rap. I will say that clearly. Okay. Tom likes movies, but ultimately they was made quite apparent. This doesn't work. This one. And frankly, the secret killer on that is the strike. 
realistic. Was on Wolvie? The writer strike. Because that ultimately put this where I'll be frank with you guys, the president of production wrote half that script. Wow. So dead. So before we go to Wolvie, real quick, you know the deal. Yeah, he's like, yeah, you know the deal. You don't have to go tell the staff meeting, but you know I'm right. Deadpool. So Deadpool, they they want they wanted to make Ryan a Deadpool Ryan Reynolds. Flick. Ryan did Deadpool in that movie because I called them and said it's our chance to go and see Deadpool. We had no idea that was going to go that way. Of course not. Do you think I would have put my friend in that situation? And by the way, Ryan did it at a reduced rate. Wow. Yeah. The fact is that you could have done that character as Omega Red had no problem. And I was literally told, with great respect, and the guys no longer at the company, that, uh, no, Deadpool's a cooler name. Well, they never call him Deadpool in the film, right? I think they were the Deadpool or something they referenced. Because but. for a while there, that was people going, oh, it's okay, it's not the real Deadpool. Well, his like, weapon. Uh, all these geeks were trying to the fucking weapon. justify and shit. They're like, it'll the be fact, all right. The fact of the matter is, there are things in that movie that I'm very proud I did. I kept Wolverine Canadian. Which, believe me, was a fight. What do you mean, kept? We, there's a line in there where he says, your country needs you. He says, I'm Canadian, which is a pretty good line, actually. And I had to fight to get that in a play. And again, by the Dude. way, but this is, guys, you have to understand. I, this is business. But right? in Fox's defense on this, and I understand why everybody groans. And again, I quit. So I agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is that Fox is in the bi- is not in the business, frankly. You guys, and I hate to say this to you, you're going anyway. No, totally. Okay? I saw fucking Wolverine Fox all day. When I was hired, Fox, I was pitched on the idea... This would be a $70 million, almost R-rated Charles Bronson revenge movie. Okay? Oh, dude. Now, two things happen. The strike and a release date move. And again, guys, another thing that's not talked about, and I think this is why we do this. I, I do a show where we talk about this stuff all the time. Yeah, which we're going to start. Uh, well, we're, I'm yeah, not trying yeah. to plug, but I'm yeah, saying, yeah, like, no, totally. you've got to start learning this stuff. Okay? Because release dates matter. There's X amount of money in certain dates. Okay? Yeah. January, like... Green Hornet's starting to get better notices than it was getting before. Its issue now may be it's not on a great release When's date. When's it coming? It's in January. January. That's like the now, dead... I believe you can open movies anywhere if you market them well, but now yeah. I think they're going to be like, oh, we're starting to get some okay word. Now we've got to refocus a little bit because they're doing ads that don't show Seth Rogen even. And the new ads, I just saw a, a bus stop ad yesterday that literally it doesn't say Green Hornet. It's, it's a car. A, it's a style. Not logo, even that. Little, it's a logo of yeah. a fucking B in, a, in like a G. And so... By virtue of moving a movie that I think at one point was actually going to be a Christmas release, if I remember correctly, which is still competitive, but not quite the same as summer, all right, and going to May 1st, it said, my God, it's got to be X-Men 4. And so you're going to add this, you're going to add that. Why was Emma Frost in the movie? I, I don't know. I mean, okay. there's a lot of stuff I didn't, yeah. But the, that's right. But the idea is we've got to get this. And by the way, and ultimately, sometimes these things, I think, become runaway trains, okay? But at the same time, all right, you've got to remember that to Fox's point, they made a profit on the movie. Well, I mean, it was coming and off. That's of, what they are there to maintain brand. And it's coming off of the three X Men. It's a sh- it's it's the biggest character in the fucking X Men movies. It's a surefire win. You've I got would ask Hugh you, Jackman. You would think the name Wolverine by itself, people know who Wolverine is at this point. The whole reason it says X Men Origins is it's a business decision. We're going to do X Men Origins Magneto. We're going to do X Men Origins Gambit. We're going to do X Men Origins Deadpool. Wait, they were going to do a, a Gambit standalone? They were going to do all these. Were, actually, the Magneto script's actually a pretty good script. I've heard that. That's the Magneto it's, it's script. Set, Goy- it's Goyer young, and Sheldon it's, Turner. It's young Magneto, right? Like and they post hunting Nazis. It's the boys that's, from Brazil with Magneto and Professor X. Pretty cool. That's fucking yeah. amazing. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And again, you have to understand. And I think Tom gets a bad rap in this. Tom, you know, if you watch him on Fox Movie Channel, knows his shit. Okay, loves movies. But Tom, I think, has an attitude, rightly at a certain level, that they eat what I kill. And at, at a point in time, when I have the expectations on this date. 
Okay, I'm going to do this, this, and this thing be damned. They certainly knew the Deadpool situation. I said it screaming all the time. I lost, very frankly, and that happens too. But I promise you this, you're going to see them almost maybe even overreact in the other direction on X-Men First Class, where it will be, okay, we'll Brian back, we get this. and that's just the nature of the beast. If anything, what you've seen is, I think, at a certain level, a move to uber fanboydom that I'm also not convinced by the way is the most commercial answer well like Green, Green Lantern for instance which which um the trailer didn't wow me it, and 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 it was a weird mix of like uh this is a character you've never heard of but don't worry he's gonna be awesome to like here's fucking Kilowog saying poozer it's like who is this movie for anymore you know what I mean and it seems like they always try to throw in and it goes to almost that pandering thing again. Uh, look, movies... St- like, I know that Greenlander's not made for geeks. It's made to make fucking hundreds of millions uh, of dollars. It's to launch, geeks, it's to launch DC's entire movie making There strategy. aren't enough of, of us out there to do that on our own. Uh, the thing you'll find with Green Lantern and Captain America as well is it's about release date. Again, okay, you're going to have four superhero origin movies in a six-week span. You've got pirates, you've got transformers, you've got all these things in between. So how many of them are on 3D? How many 3D screens are there? Um, how long can you hold your screens, 2D or 3D? What's carrying the, what's my big fat Greek wedding that you don't know is coming that's going to take some of those screens? All right. These are all factors, guys. And ultimately, you know, the fact is they're going to sell it because that's it. Their entire strategy hinges on it. And these big studios now are have the reason why you see them going in. I mean, I had at least at both studios had to go and take the library's home and go, all right, what our library should we look at to go remake? That's not an indictment on them. That's the business, the model changing. I really do think Fox gets a bad rap at a lot of this stuff. And I, and again, I disagree with a lot of the stuff that goes on in these cases. And I'm vocal in the case of Wolverine, obviously, because I lived it. But, um, at the same time, man, they, they are, they're, they're serving a, 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 they have overhead. They have a home video department that's collapsing on them. These things now, I mean, the, the A team, the gross that that movie did 10 years ago or unstoppable would have been awesome. Yeah, I, they both, I don't even know that but they But relative to cost I mean, plus marketing plus shrinking DVD, that's why I think you're going to see people at some point, by the way, do movies and they'll experiment with it. Mark Cuban and some of these guys, you're going to have a movie and it'll be to DVD very quickly after to where you don't have to do two marketing campaigns. Well, who tried that? Soderbergh tried that with that movie Bubble. That was a huge mistake. That's an art house. It was film. the same day. But I bet. That's an art. Day and date can Like work. you could go to the theater to see. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Soderbergh movie called Bubble where you could go to the theater, see the movie on the big screen, and as you're walking out, buy it on DVD in the lobby. No, no, no. You could buy it on DVD same day. That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah, yeah that, you, but you don't have to go to the theater. You could go to Best Buy and go get it. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't realize. Now, okay. Yeah, here's, yeah, yeah. Where, here's where they made the mistake. That's an art house movie. Now, art house consumers are older and love going to the cinema. They go to the Angelica. They go to the Sunset. Yeah, that's what yeah. I saw it. It was they a landmark. The yeah, yeah. people they are going to go, well, fuck you. Don't come after my movie theater experience. Had it been Saw 3, would have worked. Absolutely would have worked. I bet you. I feel like this is a class on how to be better geeks and shit. <laughs> I just want you to be smarter because I, I live this stuff and I think it's important for people to learn. So, so Wolverine happened and you, you decided to step down from Fox, right? I, look, I came home at a certain level with great love to those guys. I was like, if I can want to fuck my reputation up, I could do it myself. Uh, I had, Booster Gold had done well for me and I was, I'd worked very hard to build that up. And look, the fact was because of Booster and Freddie Jason Ash, the comic, which did very well also, I recognized I have an opportunity having made five movies to go in a world where everything is pre-awareness driven and driven off of stuff that has to have in some form or another. My Little Pony, the fucking movie, whatever. Uh, uh, one of the agencies, at least at one point, was working on Jolly Green Giant, the movie. What? Absolutely. 
I think I can see that. And you take Kevin James, and Kevin James now becomes the logo on the oh, uh, Green Giant. Oh, my God. That's where the guys, this stuff's coming. Consumer products, movies uh, are coming. Well, there was for a while. Battleship. And, well, there, there's the Magic Kingdom thing that Favreau is doing now, right? That's a commercial idea. That, but for that. a while there, there was a movie that sounded fucking awesome to me. It was... Uh, all the corporate logo mascots that was a, a food came alive. It was yeah. a good idea. It's a shit movie. It's a, it was a great idea. I'll tell you a movie we had at New Line briefly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We had a movie called A Night at the Oscars. This, I should have mentioned this. Um, we came up with this on the set of uh, Shoot'em Up. <laughs> Paul Giamatti playing himself. Philip Seymour Hoffman playing himself. Hate each other. <laughs> and they go up for the same roles like, fuck you, Hoffman. Fuck you, Giamatti. They dated the same woman. It's a whole thing. They each get nominated for, like, best actor against each other at the Oscars. Now, there's a chemical spill at the Kodak Theater, so they got to <laughs> move it back to the shrine, okay? Which, as we've established tonight in a callback, is a fucking dump, okay? <laughs> and so they go back, and we had cameos, like, lined up like crazy. Um, they're in the green room, because they got to present together, too, which is just worse than anything, right? Uh, they haven't seen each other since you fucked my girlfriend at Summerstock or whatever. And uh <laughs> Jeff Goldblum and like Jessica Biel was what we're talking about. Go to fuck in the basement of the shrine. <laughs> and the shrine, because it's a dump, there's like toxic waste in this crap in there, right? And they spill it and they turn everyone at the Oscars into fucking flesh eating. This is before oh zombies had gone fucking so insane. It's right? and, pa- and fucking oh, you just had people zombies. Have been junior agents against senior. We would have cameoed everybody. And, uh, they have to lock down the fucking shrine and let them go. And it's Paul Giamatti. Uh, Hoffman, the bad guys, we, the plan was to get every, it was, ideally it would have been like walking Gary Oldman, every oh, the stereo, bad, yeah, yeah, Malkovich, yeah. every stereotype, right? Um, but basically, it would have been everyone that was in the green room, they'd have to leave the survival party out. And it was like the, the bus boy, the valet Parker, whatever the fuck. And, and it was them. And we actually, uh. This was Greenland? No, no, we had a deal oh, okay. for it. It was on the sheet. And then, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman backed out. Oh. Uh, that happens. It happens. Fucking asshole. Yeah, but again, you know, you don't let these things go. You don't let wins go to your head or losses to your heart. You pick up and you keep going. That is that's guys. For any of you that are trying to be in this business, you got to know that 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 is a fundamental thing. Plus, you can just come and talk about them on the fucking show. Well, that's exactly right. enough. Yes, that's, yeah. a, that's a help. Uh, so you left Fox. What have what have you been doing since, sir? What what is what is the new move? What so, is the new future? For so you I initially world? left to go do a publishing IP deal. Uh, where I had the wonderful incident where my financier, uh, a guy named Ken Starr, got indicted. Wow. Which is a pleasure of an experience to wake up to, let me tell you. <laughs> uh, and if you read, I got a guy named Andrew Stein had lured me into the sort of thing. So we'll give you $2 million to go do this. But I'd come up with a pretty cool system where I would gross pay out the creatives even for, for higher work. Because what you guys have to understand is like Len Wein, as an example, has made more money in his career for Lucius Fox, the Morgan Freeman character in the Batman movies, Damn. than he has for Wolverine. Wait, what? That's absolutely true. Because because Lucius Fox is a Len Wein character? The DC deal was just better than the Marvel deal, and, and Marvel, wow. he gets nothing compared to what he should for a billion-dollar character. That's now, crazy. Now, the Jack Kirby case will be interesting to see what happens there. Ultimately, I think they may ultimately take that. Well, there, there's going to be a lot of those cases. There's uh, Siegel and Superman Schuster, one right? Well. What do you think will happen with it's that? It's the same attorney on all of them. He's got a good little racket figure in the, the show. The comic book attorney? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the guy's a Tobra. These guys are smart. He's got an angle. And frankly, at a certain level, these guys deserve some pieces. He's right. I, mean, I can't argue that. The Siegel and Schuster thing is a little weird because it's their heirs yeah. now and it's, you know what I mean? But Steven still, I totally, I totally agree that there, there should definitely be some compensation. Yeah. So, so that's, that's the new move is you're, you're well, kind no, of. So what I'm ultimately doing is, I don't want to overly say much because it hasn't been announced formally yet, but, uh, I am frankly very sick of what I see as a pretty cynical grab at a lot of this pre-awareness material. And I think Tron's going to be a very teachable lesson, if you will, in the parlance of art. You do not think it's going to do well. 
If it's female numbers don't go up. Next I don't. Week. I don't. Tron's got an advantage in that second week. There's nothing I think huge coming after it, so it may run through Christmas. But if the exit poll, okay, if it plays Button Numathon and doesn't play well. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it did. It did not play well at Butnamathon. I mean, on every it was number a, I see, women don't care. I don't fucking care, and I'm half a woman, but I mean, I'm mostly a man. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so like, half of you care. Yeah, half of me cares. No, no, no. But I mean, that's the thing. I don't. In a world where I should fucking care about Tron, I don't. And in a world where I should have cared about Scott Pilgrim, I didn't. Which I wound up later. I like the film now, but they're they're missing. What seems to be who they're going for, but now we know it's not who they're going well, for. Well, Scott Pilgrim's a great example. I'm a friend of Edgar's, and I've had conversations with Edgar in the build-up to this, and my point to Edgar was always, you need teenage girls, okay? Now, the biggest issue they had on that movie, it's, an, it's a huge directorial step for him. He, it will be an event filmmaker if he wants to be. He can Absolutely. Write, write uh, and it'll inspire kids to get even, with the, even with the box office. The dating on that movie, again, guys, okay, what Universal never understood. They, if any, did any of you go to Comic-Con this year? Okay. Yeah. Scott Pilgrim was everywhere for probably a couple million insane. dollars spent. It was on the side of the hotel. To the audience was... that's already going. Yeah, exactly. Okay? Then they gave away free tickets at where? Comic Con. Comic Con to the audience who's already fucking going. That's already to going. the only people who are going who know who Scott Pilgrim is. Three. The big fault, ultimately, guys, and this is my point about the, when I say the Olympic rings of nerddom and stuff we talked about backstage. Yeah. Okay. They never understood that the, uh, what's Stallone movie? The fucking, uh, Expendables. That's Expendables. Expendables. Uh, is the same audience. And that guess what? Those are I, geeks too. I saw Expendables over Scott Pilgrim so did that I. day. I saw Scott Pilgrim on Sunday. I mean, yeah, that's and that's what happened. And I don't okay. think they anticipated because the fact is, if Scott Pilgrim is based on all the fighting in '80s NES games that we all played, well, what were those games based off of? Those '80s action movies. Yeah. And so, what you see, guys, if there's ever a greater example of the way they compartmentalize you and, frankly, think they can con you, that is Exhibit A. You're totally. I mean, yeah, we're we're yeah, you're absolutely right, and, and it's just the truth. We and, need to and, realize we are versatile. We need to fucking <laughs> like arm ourselves and start a geek revolution. Right. Now, the fact is, if the movie was made at a price, it still could have done it again. If you're going to do it at that price, you need to have a date of your own. And the movie will play in college dorms till the end of because time. it was Eat, Pray, Love, Expendables, and Scott Pilgrim. That right, weekend. but ironically enough, Expendables in tracking the entire time had stronger female numbers than both of those movies. Did Eat, Pray, Love? Yes, absolutely. Really? Yes. You think Stayed it stayed them? them? I just think it was, I just think even for women, it was a kitsch event. My friends and I went to the Grove. We had three pitchers of beer. One of my friends almost got in a fight. It was great. <laughs> it was excellent. But I think these are the issues, guys. And in an era now where studios now are going to go and they're going to do these pre-awareness and it's going to be five Wizard of Oz movies and this and that, I believe consumers are going to figure this out to a certain level. So what I'm actually doing, uh, and we'll get announced probably after the turn of the year, is teaming up with a pretty big streaming partner as a way to, you know, frankly, with great love to my friends in comics, the pre-awareness, pre-awareness game there is a con. You, you're an agent, I take it? Or what are you doing in the business, if I'm asking? Okay, post. All right. Uh, anybody else in the business in the room, if I'm asking? What do you do? All right, post. Okay. So you guys know you can work at a studio, do post-off stuff. You see these comics that are getting options. They're, by the way, good books. I'm not knocking the books, but they're selling to a thousand people. Yeah. And what, is that pretty We were talking about it backstage. What the biggest, and this has been going on for a few years, but the, the number one selling comic every month does not break a hundred thousand no. sales. No. And I put some books out. Frankly, I lost money on all the books I put out. Really? Of the self, because uh, I mean, guys, what the music business is to movies. Okay. The newspaper business is to comics. Okay. And so that's the world we live in now. Comic, this is coming. Okay, you, I, my friend owns a store, Collectors. Uh, 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 shit, I'm blanking on the name. It's in uh, San, Santa Clarita. It's a great store. Um, that I'd like to plug right now, and I'm blanking on it. But uh, <laughs> Google it. B- yeah, basically, Adam Freeman is a great guy. Collectors Paradise, I believe. Uh, and basically, they're cutting DC and Marvel titles. Okay, 
So you have these guys in town now who, look, I tried to do this two years ago and looked under the hood of it, and frankly, the numbers are terrible. All right, so the fact is, with the partners we're talking about doing stuff with, I can hit 100,000 people in an hour. As opposed to 100,000. And have metrics to go and back those things up. And so my ambition is, at a certain level, to manipulate the studio over-reliance on pre-awareness material to actually Trojan horse original stuff through. And we've got a pretty cool model I don't want to get into here, quite frankly, because it hasn't been announced yet, but... I might be wrong. Yeah, don't do that because they didn't well, tell them right. what the tro- – they just said I, it was a horse. Right. I might be wrong. <laughs> they didn't say it was a door and shit. I, you know I might I mean? be wrong and I might fail, but ultimately I am much more interested in trying to push where I think it's going than sitting here and making Care Bears the motion picture. Live and, action? Because that I might be down Well, for. Rainbow Bright yeah. maybe. But <laughs> ultimately I think you're just going to see this. And I believe that audiences who are now more dis- – they, they look at their entertainment dollar in a different way. And I would say again to you guys, if you have $20 to spend on a movie – or you're a young male particular. I can't speak for young females, but young, which, by the way, young females is the audience you actually want to get now. That's, that's who's buying tickets to movies. Like, they go to movies more than geeks do. Geeks pirate the shit. The internet audience worth $15 million for your opening weekend, guys. Just be honest. Geeks okay. will watch a shitty Russian fucking bootleg to see it. Yes, they don't, yes. they'll get it now. And again, I get it, okay? But I know myself as, again, a th- almost 32-year-old consumer that if I could spend $20 on a movie, or, which I know 90 minutes, I might not even like it, plus if I want to get popcorn and a drink, versus $60 on an Xbox game where I have a single-player mode, a multiplayer mode, downloadable levels, I can play with my friends, keep co- and then I can trade it in for store credit to get another, what's going to win? It's entertainment value. I've been saying that for years. That's why I stopped going to movie theaters. Huge issue. It's for, for, and, 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 I'm, and I'm cheap. I mean, who, who said you? No one, but I did. <laughs> um uh, for, for $20 that I could spend for, I, I'm not gonna spend $20 for, for 90 minutes of entertainment anymore when I can get hundreds of hours of entertainment for $20. $7 for your Netflix streaming alone. With you know titles I mean? that are all over the place. That is the issue, guys. There's almost too much content for these pipelines. And so now, I'm overwhelmed. Look, he, <laughs> can't you tell? Way, as a geek, cause your options are more than ever, it's right? It's insane. Cause you I get home, I have call. 20 different things I can well, do I mean, at any and given what's time. What's weird is, and me, for the first time in my life, and yes, it coincided with me having a job for the first time, really, but I've got so many unopened DVDs and video There's too much shit. Out, there's too much stuff that I need to have now. I go home and, and I don't feel have guilty. time to do. You know what That's, I mean? I, I found, I was a guy who was a big collector. I come home and I had more DVDs in cellophane than I had opened. That's what's happening right now. Like, I get home and I, I fucking unopen movies, and I'm like, why? I, I can't not buy them, but when am I going to fucking watch them? And I'm willing to bet how many of you in here, when you watch TV, are on your laptop, your iPad, oh, whatever. I oh, miss, yeah. I miss, you miss everything anyway. Right. And so the, the, the That's why it's easier to pop on Netflix or whatever than open up a DVD and pay attention. And so if Netflix is $7 a month, yeah. and you have thousands of items per studio, I think ultimately what you're going to see is the studio saying, well, all right. If you want, we'll give you Police Academy 5 Assignment Miami Beach. Yeah. But Inception, which by the way, I like Nick Lassard. He's a fine Carrie Mahoney replacement. <laughs> oh, okay. yeah, that was horrible. Uh, that's a bad movie. Uh, City Under Siege is, is worse. Citizens uh, on Patrol, not a bad Citizens movie. Citizens on Patrol movie. is over, very underrated. Do you remember the Citizens on Patrol rap? Can you do Citizens it? Citizens on Patrol. patrol. Ba-do-do-do-do-do. Yeah. Very good. Very good. That's my man. I, like I think I smoked too much pot tonight. I don't know what the fuck is going on anymore. You haven't seen that? No. This is on patrols. Not a bad with David Spade and Tony Hawk. Tony no, Hawk. Yeah. I've never seen and, uh, Sharon Stone. And that's the one with the, the 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 fat boys, weren't they in that too? No, no. Tab Tacker, who played oh, House, okay. who was like the fat black guy. He was in Wildcats as the fat yeah, black guy. Yeah, and that was the one with Hightower when they disguised him as that guy. The yama, yama, and the yama yama yama. Yeah. 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 Oh, dude. Yeah. 
It's a miracle any of us. That was when Bobcat Bobcat Goldthwait joined the force. Bobcat and Tim Kazurinsky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he romances Corinne Borher, who was quite sexy for her now. See, that's the world we're living in. There are ladies out there right now who are like, oh, fucking say Taggart. Like, they they get fucking hot off. Yeah, man, they love... Right. Talk to me, Tackleberry. Yeah, they love fucking... Move it, move it. <laughs> I literally... I'll go comment at Lassard on your ass. Watch I think out, I man. saw the Police Academy movies like a hundred times each when I was a kid. The first movie is still a pretty funny I think movie. I saw the first mission. movie yeah. does not belong with the rest no, of the movie. No, the first movie's a good movie. First yeah. and Mission to Moscow and was like, I'm just going to fill well, in the middle bad. of that's my Charlie mind. Schlatter. That was like straight that's to a, video. That wasn't, yeah. That's a bad... Christopher Lee's the bad... And Ron Perlman, oh, God. actually. Is he really? I would like to cast Ron Perlman and Lance Hendrickson in every movie ever made. Do you have anyone like that? Well, you obviously... Who, who, who is someone that you, I, Lance Hendrickson, I'm a, I'm a big, that's my fucking guy. I, I think he's incredibly underrated and I, I would love, I would love to, in my fucking dream world, do for what him, like Quentin did for sure. Travolta or some shit. Who, is there anyone like that that you have? When I broke in, honestly, it was Bruce, to be very honest with you. Uh, it, it happened. big chin motherfucker. So, no, I'm kidding. Um, and by, and by the way, David Keckner came in and did an awesome job in that part. So, in, in Snakes. So I, I know. Ke- that was the Keckner part? Yeah, he was the, sle- he would be the sleazy co-pilot. That's yeah. awesome. Bruce, uh, Bruce would have been great in it. And that was actually the movie that kind of put Dave Keckner's people started Ke- seeing Ke- Keckner's awesome. He's a great guy, too. Um, you know, I don't know if there's anybody else in the character. I mean, I'll give you an example. When I was at Fox, one of the things I did pitch was to reboot Fantastic Four, which they are going to do anyway, and cast David Tennant from Doctor Who as Mr. Fantastic. Ooh, that's who good. I thought, yeah. who I was told I was gay for. Uh, so you're like, I guess if it gets a fucking movie well, made. When, when, in, when in TARDIS, I yeah. suppose. But, yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, I always thought, and I think that I, I'm curious to see Fright Night. I love the original. I kind of hate that they're remaking it. Um, but I think Tennant's really talented. Is Tennant in Fright Night? He's Roddy McDowell. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I actually, I'm a big, I'm not a Who guy, but I'm a big David Tennant I, fan. Who, I'll tell you what, Who is something I discovered late in my life, in my like, at 29, and it's nice to know, I thought it was like old and musty and PBS-y. And the weird thing is, I look back and I'm so glad, cause it, it, Booster Gold is so fucking similar. It's scary. That you're glad you didn't. We have a female lead named Rose. That was a girl I went out with. I had no. I mean, literally, it's horrifying. They don't have a skeets. Uh, no, no, no. But um, luckily, if you but, turn on fucking Doctor Who and he's like, "I'd like you to meet my new companion, Skeets," yeah, and he's like, "Hello, nice Doctor." Nice to discover that stuff late in life. No, no, and no totally. You can still get geeky on stuff. No, absolutely, man. Speaking of 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 um, so 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 you Tennant would be your your guy, your current guy that yeah, you did. probably. And I think he's just really talented. And again, has a huge female following that I think, and but doesn't threaten guys. And I think that that is. One of my big criticisms of the business, I promise I will not rant, take your time. No, no, dude, please. Um, there are no real movie stars with rare exceptions. Will Smith's a movie star. You can, Will Smith can get movies that should not get to 200 to 200. <laughs> but frankly, with love, like Jake Gyllenhaal gets, I don't know, five, seven, probably not, has never opened a movie in his life. Prince of Persia. Okay. And I would ask you guys, any, any guys in the room, how many of you have said, I want to be Jake Gyllenhaal? Any of you? I how have. many of you have said, I want to be Harrison Ford at some point in your life? Yeah. I did. Yeah, of course. Okay. We don't have that. We don't have the no. male role models anymore. And Titanic anymore. did a little bit of that. But the fact is that young women drive these bo- these movies. That said, it's not like they're going to see Robert Pattinson in Remember Me, the heartwarming 9-11 drama. <laughs> Which I heard about. Yeah, right? Where, I know when I go to the movies, I want to relive 9-11. Yeah, totally. Uh, by surprise, too, in like the last yeah. 10 minutes. I just want them to sneak it in every movie from like, now on. They're trying to make End Taylor, of Tron. Like, you know what they're I mean? They're trying to make Taylor Lautner an action star. Do any of you really want to go buy a ticket to a Taylor Lautner movie? Fuck. Who's that? The werewolf kid from Twilight? Oh, $7 million oh. for one of these movies, guys. 
Okay, and so I think that. Meanwhile, no one knows who Tom Hardy is. <laughs> Tom Hardy will be a legitimate star. Though. You think so? You, He's getting his chance. He's doing this means war. Batman. Look, if no. Oh, Batman. Batman. Whoever he so, plays in Batman is going to clinch it. But Tom Hardy's a guy, by the way, who was in a Star Trek movie. It didn't do very well. Went back, did a whole bulk of yeah, really it was good rock work. and roll. Like right. and Bronson, which is a really good performance. Okay, and he's and again, the fact is that Tom Hardy is like I think like bisexual or whatever, right? In real life, yeah. yeah he is. But you know what? He's more man. <laughs> he's more manly than I yes. than half the leading men going. And I don't give a fuck about it. Johnny Depp and mascara. You guys look at the original Pirates. That's Orlando Bloom's movie, not Johnny's. Johnny is playing Han Solo and steals the movie so that when you see Pirates two and three and now four, where's Orlando, Orlando Bloom's? Not, they're not even in the movies Orlando anymore, right? Night, Nightly and or Bloomer, right? Or because Johnny Depp and fucking Mascara playing a fake Keith Richards is more manly and more charismatic than Orlando Bloom can hope to be. Totally, and that's just a fact. All right. And there was a great quote from him the other day where apparently on on Pirates one, someone, someone, I think I read this. Someone of the executives were like, "Hey, we're a little bit concerned." That you're playing the character that's gay. That's totally true. That's an old story. And, and he true, said, yeah. don't you know I put all my characters yeah, 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 are gay? Yeah. But that's true, and that was a legitimate note. And, you know, and, and at a certain level, I get it. Like, you, we, we expect you were getting whatever, a square-jawed guy, but I mean... That's what worked about those films. But I think at a certain level, guys, what we've seen now that studios are sort of, in some ways, run by sort of real, the business-heavy end of these things, movies are alchemy. And you can have an easy production that's a shitty movie, a hard production that's a great movie, or vice versa, all over mixes of those things, okay? Okay. Uh, movies work for certain reasons. Uh, you know, even like Snakes on a Plane, which did not work relative to its buzz. Kanye West puts it in a song. They do the thing at the Oscars. It's immortal. At a Absolutely. Of, That's become tombstone. part of the if fucking if, if Billy Joel was writing We Didn't right. Start the Fire, he'd now, be like, Snakes on the Plane. Now everyone was you know, <laughs> Julian asked song right. Snakes on the Plane. And, and I think it's Julian Assange. Yeah. Um, and I think ultimately the the like when they, like they do with presidents and politicians or breath of time we're in a very fast media culture we don't know how good someone how you know these things sort of evolve and i point to like you know um the manchurian candidates one of my favorite movies the original not the far superior jonathan demi sequel absolutely um with Got Ben Zellin and who um the, the original film was not a successful film yeah. Okay. But it has pretty grown in esteem. It's an over important the years. fucking film. And yeah. so I think what is missed sometimes is that these are not sausage. They are not widgets, even though in many cases they have to serve the same masters as those things, and that a certain alchemy is necessary. And when you get the movies that are both commercial and well done, that's the magic. Like a Dark Knight for the Everest. Yeah, Dark Knight's a good example of that. I mean, that's a, that's, that's the magic. I, they're fewer and further between, but like I always say to people, like you could show Wrath of Khan to someone that doesn't ever watch Star Trek. Yes. And they'll go, well, you know what? Because it's really one of the movies to me, great movies, setups and payoffs. And that's one of the great setups and payoff movies ever. And you can go and get that without knowing the... You don't have to know shit about Star Trek. Right. It's a very human drama. Before, I I wasn't a Star Trek fan, incidentally, until the J.J. thing. And then I went back and that got me... I watched the TOS and all that. But... I always liked Wrath of Khan because that's a good fucking right. movie. It and, doesn't and, matter that it's a Star Trek movie. It's a, it's a I, good I, movie. I like the J.J. movie. Wrath of Khan's a much better movie. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Uh, I actually think First Contact's not a bad movie. But the ones that really... I like the one where they go to the, the aquarium and... That's four. That's the most commercially successful episode. Is it really? The Dude, whales. if you adjust for dollars, I think it still is. That was the one where Eddie Murphy... Like, it's that... That's a great broad movie. that and that franchise and then the planet... And which planet is it beyond when... when uh, which one is Zira it? and uh, Cornelius travel back to oh, Earth. Planet of the Apes, you mean, where they come to Earth and they come like, to Earth and they're like... LA, they're doing press Celebrities and shit, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. In, the, in the Plaza Hotel. That's the greatest that's a, thing that's ever. A, that's a weird movie. Yeah, yeah, because I bought the box and didn't know that movie but, was about that. Star Trek IV The Voyage Home is a wonderfully commercial movie that is very funny 
without betraying anything that you love about these characters. And in fact, having a great wink with all of them. And that's why that movie worked broad at the level it did. And until the J- bad guys are whales. Well, but until JJ's movie, these movies had never worked internationally. That's easily the broadest of them. That was the first one. Dude, you are, you are a fucking font of geek information, awesome. sir. We could what, what, what are some parting, parting words maybe that you gotta, you gotta give to um, the masses out there? Look, I, I would just say again, get educated. Uh, <laughs> He's not talking about like an actual college education. He means like read about geek shit. It's just as consumers, even if you're not into geek shit, you might love uh, costume drama. Understand what you're being sold because you're going to be a better consumer at that regard. If you actually want to be in the business, study the business trends because I speak at colleges all the time. The fact is they're being prepared for a business that does not exist anymore. And so you've got to get smart to that end. And the fact is that what is going to happen eventually, it's going to be a bit more Wild West than ever. Uh, and I think that that is going to open some interesting doors. And frankly, a lot of people that are titans today will be extinct tomorrow. And people you may not and ever see versa, coming right? uh, will rise up. And, and the last thing I'd say in a cheap horrorish plug uh, is I do a show on Thursdays uh, on geekweek.com where I do I read tracking. I explain all this stuff. And we try to explain it. So if you want to get it's more of It's not cheap this, and horrorish. You're trying to start a fucking army, sir. You know, I see what you well, got going on here. Uh, <laughs> uh, look, I do believe, and it's to Kevin's credit, and I think JJ, Joss Whedon does this well. The future, ultimately, I guess this would be the point I'd want to make, is going to be in your ability to direct market to niche audiences that are more interconnected than ever. And if you sit there and say, all right, I've got a niche of X, and I keep my product cost at Y, and just hit doubles. Be Tony Gwynn, okay? Uh, you Tony a, Gwynn was the shit. You, he was a great player. Hall of Famer. <laughs> Brenda just woke up. Right? I was and there for 3,000 hits. 1,000th, 2,000th, and 3,000th oh, hit. Okay. I was at all three of them. Hall of Fame as a stubby the little man. guy on 3,000 yeah. hits. And by the end of his career, he had to hit long, harder so he could get around the bases because he was man. so huge. That's my man. man. Uh, he started hitting the long ball like and, his last couple years. And that's the point. If you understand that, okay, and sometimes you're going to hit singles, sometimes you'll hit home runs, okay? But if you understand the size of that audience that you're cultivating and of the ability to connect with them, I think, at an honest level, this is what builds I, Oprah, Howard Stern are great examples of this, okay? Then that's where the game is going to be because if you can market directly to those guys, yes, your budgets are going to change. The game's changing anyway, okay? But you can get through a much wider breadth of material to an audience that's hungry for it. Because I do believe that over the next couple of years, it may not be tomorrow, but it's coming. People are just going to go, I've seen all this shit. And you just showed me a trailer that's a beat from every movie I've seen before. And I'm not going to spend my You think there's going to be an awakening almost where one day the fucking... <laughs> Look, the fact is I don't believe the economy is turning around in a huge way in the next couple of years. We are in an internationally volatile position here where ultimately people I think are going to be more conservative with their dollar. And so both in their at-home options... Their gaming options, their cinema options, all of these things, they're going to, I think, review that entertainment dollar a bit more. And ultimately, you better be up to that task. And, if, and you know, as the Who would say, at a point in time, they won't be fooled again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just my view. I might be wrong, but I'm betting on it. And I'd rather go down fighting and swinging on the other end than, if you'll pardon my French, sucking cock on the, on the teat of a, <laughs> of, a, of a dead cow. Yeah, uh, don't suck any dead uh, cow cock teat. Uh, cock teat. <laughs> teat and cock at the same time. <laughs> I should probably find the porno star that was here last week and. Yeah, we'll hook, we'll hook you guys up. But I just, I think it's, uh, I, I just, it's, it's a different time, guys. Be ready for it. Be ready to embrace it and be smart about it. That's all. Dude, thank you so much for thank coming you. by tonight. Awesome. I think, I think it was both informative. I think we got our fucking oohs and ahs. Like, I, anytime you want to come back, man, this is, this is a lesson in, uh, in, in geekdom, sir. My pleasure. Anytime. 
Glad to have you, Brendo. That was that was fucking fun, right? That What'd you learn? Awesome. What'd you learn, dude? I learned a lot. I you learned gonna, that you're gonna be a better consumer. You're gonna not spend 500 bucks on eBay for a fucking Ghostbusters RPG game from 20 no, years I'll ago. Keep doing that shit. All right on. <laughs> like we said, it might cure AIDS, so you don't don't stop. Uh, as always, folks, if you're in the uh, LA area, come by the Smart Castle. We'll be here doing our thing. We got a lot of cool guests coming up. Uh, Team Unicorn next time. Yeah, Geek and Gamer Girls. A lot of. Uh, we, and then we got our big, uh, top 10 of the year list, like we always do, Brendo. I'm, I'm Are you scrambling to get movies watched right now. You gotta watch 10 movies? Well, I watched. You're like, whatever it is, I'll put them on. I listed all the movies I, I saw today, and then I listed the ones I hadn't watched, and it was about the same size. So I'm like, I didn't do very good this right year. Right on. Well, you have a, you have a week to work on it. I suggest yeah. you quit your job and, uh, watch a lot of movies. Um, other than that, folks, check out goldenapplecomics.com for all your comic book needs. Check out purple-tree.com. Smodcast.com, all the other uh, Smodcast Network podcast. I am on Twitter at uh, Camel Toad and Smodcastle. And folks, a uh, brand new exciting announcement. If you are a Smodcast Network fan or any of that shit, you want to get involved. I didn't mean to call it shit. I meant to call it awesomeness. <laughs> that awesome uh, stuff. If you want to get involved, you have a chance, folks. It's called the Smod Squad. Smod uh, Squad. We are starting our own army. We're, we're mobilizing, yo. All hell Smod. So check out uh, Smod Squad on Twitter for information on how to get enlisted and involved. Can I just plug my Twitter, by the way? Absolutely, cheap whore. Yeah. Uh, I am at Cat's Money, K-A-T-Z. What's better than cash money? Cat's Money. So there a stereotypical. No, I'm kidding. And I so, am at... I am really uh, chosen people. No, yeah, yeah. I'm at, at Brendo Man. You are and at Brendo Man, and Derek's at, at Derek Armijo. And also, remember, BrendoMan.com. You got that. I got BagBorder.com. We all got websites. CalmatoadProductions.com. What do you got, sir? Uh, GeekWeek.com. Look, everyone's got a website. Brats, Anyone in the audience got a website? Just yell it out. Popsicles. There we go. There you go. Um, <laughs> and other than that, man, you know what? I'm Matt Cohen. I'm Brendan Creasy. It's been bagged and boarded. It's been real. What? What? Thank you, Derek. Find more funny shit like this at Smodcast.com. There's so many to choose from. There are so many to choose from on the Smodcast Podcast Network. On Sundays, it's me and Scott doing the classic Smodcast, the show that started it all. Mondays, it's me and Ralph Garman doing Hollywood Babylon. There's so many to choose from. Tuesdays, you get a double shot of goodness, man. Malcolm Ingram's blowhard, as well as Red State of the Union Q&As, our podcast show about our forthcoming movie. There's so many to choose from. On Thursdays, drop the gloves with the puck nuts, the same guys that bring you Tell Em Steve Dave on Fridays. And don't forget on Saturdays, Jay and Silent Bob get old with me and Jason Muse. There's so many to choose from. You could try some shows that aren't so regular, just happen every once in a while, like Highlands, a people history, where me and people that grew up in the town I grew up look back at the town we grew up in. Smarriage at Smod Castle, where real live people get real live married by real Rev Kev, that'd be me. There's so many to choose from. Smodimations, that's where me and Scott are drawn as cartoons. They take little sections of Smodcast we've done and animate them, man, and make them even funnier somehow. And if you've ever been to Smod Castle, then you've met Matt Cohen, and Matt Cohen has his own show, Bagged and Boarded, which is also now at Smodcast.com. There's so many to choose from. I know you keep telling me, man, but did you know that most of the podcasts at Smodcast.com are recorded live in front of a studio audience at Smodcastle, our theater out in Los Angeles on Santa Monica Boulevard between Wilcox and Cole?
There's so many to choose from. Scott, even at Smodcastle, there are so many to choose from. Every week, you could see Malcolm Ingram do his show, Blowhard Live. You could see me and Jason Mewes doing Jay and Silent Bob Get Old. You could see Matt Cohen doing Bagged and Boarded. You can come see Tom Green do a show down there. You could see me and Mosier doing the occasional Smodcast 3D. There's so many to choose from. That's right. For one low price, 100 bucks, you could see every show. That happens in Smodcastle for a month. Every show you go, you get that basically comes down to be like four bucks a show. I mean, come on, you can't get a better deal than that. Go to smodcastle.com slash smodpass for the smodpass, or just stay right here on smodcast.com and listen to any of the shows that we throw up there free for nothing because we love you. And guess what? There's so many to choose from. That's right, Scott. There are so many to choose from. Smodcast.com. There's so many to choose from.